Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. He sort of feels me out, I feel him out. And uh, we go for it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome along to this director's commentary watch. Is it what we call it? A listen? A follow along for Sex in the City in the Movie the Movie. That's right. A pleasure to be here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. I, of course, am Guy Montgomery, uh, joined by my esteemed friend, Tim Bat. And I'm going to be very esteemed soon because I am going to consume... Lovely bottle of red wine for this watch. Feels appropriate. Feels good. Well, it does. It certainly uh, feels akin to what we were doing on set. Uh, what am I drinking? Thanks for asking. It is a Chilean Pinot Noir from Macaraca. Look, truth be told, Tim, that's, $10. Actually, that's actually not what you're drinking. The first thing you're drinking is a, a Pinot Noir from Gunner State here in New Zealand. No way. I believe a 2018, a very good vintage. Cheers. Here's to the two of us in our fabulous film, Sex in the City. A triumph. When's the last time you watched this? For me, super recently. <laughs> yes, same. I feel like uh, I've never stopped watching it, really. In a lot I'm so of, proud of this movie. And in a lot of ways, that's true. So, little known fact about Sex in the City, uh, the fifth character in these movies, or in this show, mm. is, uh, is Woody Allen. The sixth, New York City. Yes, What's the seventh? Uh, there are, there's no seventh fashion. character. Yeah, yeah. Fashion does play a... French, the eighth, French. horoscopes. The ninth gal, yellow cabs. <laughs> gal number 10, rounding it off, gay men. We can put in the film to great comedic effect. Little toys for us to play with. Little Barbie dolls. How are you, Tim? Are you excited to be watching this with me? No. You excited to be talking about it? No. You excited to engage with it, create sort of fanciful notions about experiences on set? Oh, absolutely. When you phrase it like that, yes, I'm so excited to be here. Truly, I am. Uh, there's there's nowhere I'd rather be than just plucked up in, in front of this movie, which uh, can't stress enough. We've seen quite recently, both of us, separately. That's all right. So, of course, what we have here is a little bit of exposition. We want to bring everyone up to speed as quickly as possible. Um. A lot what's of people. Been, what's been happening with you, man? A lot of people said, you know, 
the movie comes out at such a reasonable clip, why don't you keep it going at that same pace? Uh, to which we said, fuck you. Yeah, we pretty much said, fuck you. What's been going on with you since we made this film? Uh, what did we make this in? 2008. Mm. So I was, a, I was a young boy of 20, um, which is crazy that they handed us the reins to such a popular franchise at the ripe old age of 20 with no experience writing or directing feature films. But, you know, that's the swings that you can afford to take when you're HBO. Home box office. It's not TV. It's a movie. Uh, and since then, I think I've really grown into myself, actually. And I think you see a lot of my blind spots or uh, experiences I've learned from played out in this film. That little moment there, Tim, where Bink, Big winks at Carrie like that, that was from the very first episode of Sex and the City. Wow. Something I didn't know. I didn't know that Big was introduced into the Sex and the City universe in the very first episode of the TV show. He looked so young. And all these flashbacks, is full head of jet black hair. He is uh, Smooth skin. generally regarded as incredibly handsome. You seem uh, incredulous. Not incredulous, but... Uh, he sort of is hot to me in a in like a pretty ordinary way. Like I don't specifically think he's super good looking. He's not to my taste. Here's the thing about Mr. Big. He can give a fuck what you think. And that's what makes him so damn delicious. But you know, I mean what sort of what sort of men oh, do you Oh god, that and the fact that he loves to feast on human noses. Yeah. What's that's sort of... the other very alluring fact about Big Guy Montgomery. What sort of He loves potatoes and human noses. What sort of men do you find attractive? I like men who like noses. So you do find Mr. Big attractive. Love him. For that simple fact. I remember when I was still a virgin, at the end of seventh form, I tried masturbating to gay porn because I thought that was the problem. Give it a whirl. Devastated to find out I wasn't gay. Oh, well, you gutted. Well, it just meant I was doing poorly with the ladies. Not gay yet. Still. Who knows what's in store for you, though, you know? That's true. Sexuality is a spectrum. We're on level 33 uh, in this. This is one of the notes that I managed to sneak in. I've snuck a lot of notes into the scripting, which I'll explain as we manage to go forward. They managed to unpack a lot of stuff I put in, but I wanted 33 to be in there because it has a lot of um, symbolism in the satanic community. I don't know that. The number 33, because it's, it's half of 66. Uh, just three is an incredibly powerful number in, in numerology and necromancy and the occult. And what, so, why three? Uh, it's just used in a lot of symbology, a lot of, a lot of triangles. It's a very strong number. Used in a lot of uh, conjuring. So 30, I was like, you know what? Hey, can we get them to go to uh, level 30? Would that be okay? 33? And they, they fucking left it in. Who's they in this? Is they me? Script supervisors who look at, who look over it after. And actually, that, that, in this production, that did happen to be the case. I was trying to sneak bases past Guy Montgomery. And now we're back together analyzing how we did. Yeah. It was my decision to leave that mirror in the corner of the room. That Chris, wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. Chris North famously uh, has never looked in a mirror before, and I was hoping to catch him out on screen. Not for the film, mm. but just to put it in the blooper reel, send it into America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah. You've not lived until you've seen a man north of 50 catch his reflection for the first time. He'd seen photos of himself. Yeah. Did he understand it was him, the photos? Yeah, he understands that. But there's still. He's never seen himself on camera. He's never seen himself in a mirror. He's never seen himself in motion. Oh. 
That's got to mess with a man's mind when you see that for the first time. Did you manage to get him? No. Nah, that makes me sad. Sorry, you'll remember I did set up one day's shoot where I said we were going to be shooting in a hall of mirrors. But Chris didn't make it. And um, Sergius Kapanga did make it to set that day. She was catatonic with rage. I filmed her for seven hours in a hall of mirrors. Mm -hmm. The secret was I hadn't actually put a false door in there. So it was just a hallway full of mirrors. How did you get her? Was this sort of a trapdoor scenario? How did I get her in there? Yeah. I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. There was a bit of a trapdoor scenario. Very good. Yeah. We love trapdoors in the film industry. Uh, a couple of things you need to know about Hollywood. Number one, it is basically an industry forged on top of a long-standing battle between the Illuminati and the Freemasons. And secondly, um, bloody love a trapdoor. We love them. That's right. The Illuminati and the Freemasons both wanted to communicate their message to the world without outwardly acknowledging that that's what they were doing. And uh, the means by which they both chose to do this was by releasing propaganda. Uh, once they both caught wind that the other one was doing it, they sort of accelerated and advanced their efforts. Bit of an arms race. Yeah. And uh, symbolism in the culture. I don't know that we'd say either of them won, but that is essentially, you know, with various other notes, what has led to Hollywood and movie making as we understand it today. I myself, of course, am a Freemason and a member of the Illuminati. I am not at liberty to divulge that information. What do you mean? <laughs> what you just said? Yeah. I see. It's kind of an interesting way to start a conversation, isn't it? Hi, I'm a spy and I'm not allowed to tell you that. It's your classic double bluff. I just, I think I'd leave the conversation. No, I would, I'd pursue it. If I met that person at a party, I'd say, let's get to know you. Have you, you ever assumed a false identity? Have you ever Constantly. lied? Yes, absolutely. It's a fun thing to do. Just to strangers, not to people I know. It probably wouldn't work. When's the last time you did it to a stranger? Very long time ago. Eons. What'd you do? I don't know. I can't even remember. Just make up a funny name, you know, and then and then fill in a backstory from there. What do you do? Volunteer firefighter by day, accountant by night. I remember one New Year's Eve when I lost all of my friends. Instead of being Guy Montgomery looking to be reunited with his friends, I was a South African exchange student. Mm-hmm. Named Vickers? No, I think it was Francois. <laughs> That's good. It's a fun name. Where were you? Wanaka, Wanaka, New Zealand, Jewel of the North. Did it go well? No. Why would it? Beyond not having a very interesting character, I was also not very interesting. I was just some drunk 19-year-old. I remember because we were set to start shooting on this the next day. On your 20th birthday. (laughs) The 1st of January. Yes. 2008. Now, this woman we hired from a commercial. She was the voiceover artist on a commercial promoting a new range of Hoovers. And we said, that is a hell of a voice. Uh, Does this person have a body? And um, they said, yep. They said, what do you mean? And we said, does she have a body? And they said, I'm not sure if you're allowed to ask that. And we said, I think you've misunderstood. We literally mean, does she have corporeal form? On this plane of existence. We want and to put said, her in a movie. My mistake. Yes, of course. She can be captured by cameras. 
we see. Wonderful. Captured by cameras. Is there, that's that's uh now this is the a fashion item that I've talked to you about in the past. This necklace that Sarah Jessica Parker the thir- chose herself. The third eye. It is the third eye. This is a bit of Illuminati symbology that I snuck in again. And it's all about um the the concept of the overseer. Yeah. You know, ultimate knowledge. Having control over one's own destiny. I, of course, of uh, didn't notice this at the time because I was working very hard on uh, Chris Knott's knife skills. Mm. Um, now, I want to ask you a question, Tim, because Chris and I had a huge argument about this, a big blunt. We didn't talk for the rest of our time on production, and we famously shoot chronologically, so it made for a very challenging next 60 days of work. Do you think resting a knife on the tip like he has and leaning it on the chopping board, yeah. see how his hand's on the top, the tip of the knife is on the bottom, is good bad or neutral for the knife it's bad for the knife but it is very good for chris it makes you look cool interesting yeah there's I, no way to deny to to almost look like you're leaning on the point of a knife that's cool that's undeniably cool and you spent a long time getting chris to this point as well i remember coming to set uh after sort of feverish rewrites through the night uh on a lot of coffee and some things that aren't coffee Turning up and just seeing you and Chris Noth sparring with incredibly sharp... You sort of started with swords well, and got shorter and shorter. He was very evasive about doing any knife workshops because he was afraid of the reflective surfaces. He knew I was looking to catch him out and he is very cagey around yeah. glass, any sort of uh, reflected metal. Doesn't like polished metals. You, you, you had to blast them back to make them matte, didn't you? Even marble, yeah. And he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my chopping with wood. And I said, Chris, first of all, that's not going to work. It's not going to read on camera. And it's also, it's just, it's not, you can't chop with wood. And he said, oh, yeah, watch me. And I remember uh, we had a cheese board out that day. And uh, he picked up a a tree trunk and slammed it into a block of cheese. It was sort of a a white Costello, a soft cheese. And the whole thing, it was quite warm, sort of just, stuck itself onto the bottom of the trunk of wood. I said, well, you've wasted a perfectly good wheel of cheese there, not to mention a perfectly good tree trunk. Yeah. He did not take to that. What a fucking idiot. Me or Chris? Chris. Yeah. Why couldn't he just trust that you know what you're talking about? Well, I did a lot to undermine his confidence and trust throughout the production period. So, For example? Well, I mean... You know, I remember one goof you played on him where you tied him up with zip ties and yeah. left him overnight. Yeah. It was fucking funny. But that's why you've got to learn your lines when you turn up to set, you know? Yeah, and it doesn't matter if you only get the script on arrival. I still want you to have an idea of what your lines are going to be. And if that idea does not match up to the lines that we have written, mm. you're going to get zip tied. You're going to be left alone for a night. It's funny. This is how we build camaraderie. Yeah. We zip tie some stars and leave them out. The way the world's going now, you know, people get so upset when they hear these stories. They say, you can't zip tie Chris Noth, respected actor Chris Noth. And I say, yeah, well, I got a whole reel of fucking photographs to suggest otherwise. Yeah, that, that guy was hogtied to shit. <laughs> Couldn't move. He was furious. I kept threatening to hang a mirror over his head. He said, don't <laughs> do that. I don't want the first time I see myself to be when I'm struggling. I He's- said, well, you're going to learn to chop with knives then. He said, okay. And then that's when I got a knife out, chopped up all the zip ties. Mm. 
Anyhow. It was all right after that, I've got to say. Maybe to you, the you w- sort of played, not devil's advocate, you played good cop. Well, exactly. I was very much bad cop. It was. I, I was very keen to get one photo when he was zip tied up, which was, uh, <laughs> I put an apple in his mouth like a roast piggy, took a photo of me doing the peace sign next to him, and uh, that, <laughs> that riled him up. But apart from that, you know, we're all adults. We're all in the business and of trying to improve the prestige yeah. of the Illuminati or the Freemasons, respectively. Possibly both. And everyone wondering, where where the heck was SJP? Where was Kim? You know, where was Kristen? Where was uh, Cynthia at this point? They were egging us on. I'm not going to name names, but Sarah <laughs> Jessica Parker was egging us on like no one's business. Sarah Jessica Parker had a suitcase, a Louis Vuitton suitcase, filled with zip, ca- zip ties. And she said, if you don't get Chris, I'm going to get you. This is um, this is another uh, piece of numerology that I snuck into the script. 75 is a uh, very satanic-friendly number. W- 76, <laughs> a little bit more neutral. I wish... You told me that this is what you were planning to do, sneaking all these numbers. You know I'm happy for numbers to be in our movie anyway. I I, I wish that... I I couldn't chance it. I know you're a double agent working on both sides, which sort of makes you a bit of a neutral person, but there were too many people in that writer's room and in the sort of directorial team, of which many people joined Mattress Parklet King. He doesn't like to talk about it, but he had several people stacked on top of each other in several trench coats helping him on the directing duties. I don't know who's a Freemason. I don't know who's Illuminati. I can't take my chances. I just got to chuck a number in there and hope that they don't realize which team I'm playing for. I remember when you turned in your original draft of the film, it was entirely numbers. Yes. Yes, sir. No letters, no words, no spaces. You got it. Formatted like a script. Uh, Sort of had all the... uh, feel of a script it felt like you had that typewriter font you had written a movie yeah all numbers though now uh you have noticed that we got the character of charlotte york to screen there and what you don't know is uh as a compromise between tim wanting to have a movie entirely based of numbers and my desire for a slightly more traditional model of a film um we wrote all of charlotte's scenes to just be screams but a lot of people found it unsettling. As I've said, Chris Noth was sort of off balance the whole shoot, and whenever he'd hear her screaming, it would sort of set him off like a young dog. So uh, we had to reduce it and eventually give her some lines. Kristen Davis, funnily enough, very interested in the screaming the screaming role. Thought it was quite an exciting direction for Charlotte. Yeah. In fact, from memory, once she received the translated script in English, she said, this will be a scream. <laughs> her words, not mine. It's a bit of the fun. Gorgeous Candace, Candace Bergen joins us on screen. Legendary star of the small and larger screens. That's right. You, you could call say her small screen TV, but sometimes now TVs are big. Her career is Candace Burgeoning. Could. Do you think that's been written before? Uh, you know, maybe a TV guide from 1986. It could well be in print somewhere. As a pun, I would describe it as simply irresistible. Okay, okay. Does that link into some career highlight for her or just a good song? I just really like the song. Yeah, fair enough too. So in terms of plot, story, what's actually happening on screen right now, well, I'll say important? the same thing now as I said at the time. I don't give a fuck. Film what you want. We'll cobble it together. The idiots who like this series are going to gobble it up in the cinemas it does not make one difference 
however this thing turns out. Literally, people are fucking morons. They'll pay their $15 plus five for a gallon of Coke, a giant bucket of popcorn, a Snickers from a freezer, and they'll watch whatever the fuck we tell them to watch. Can I ask you a personal question? Because see it, they did. People turned out for this film and we made a significant amount of money. What... um. In the intervening years since this came out, what is the silliest thing that you've spent a lot of money on with your earnings from Sex in the City and the movie, the movie? Uh, well, so I wasn't aware that the sort of hallway of mirrors or the house of mirrors was uh, an already existing entertainment or sort of uh, fun park property. So I, on the uh, West Coast, I went on a, a two-year pilgrimage trying to buy all of the mirrors. Uh, I not commissioning your own mirrors, just buying ones that just are already buying out there. mirrors mm-hmm. door to door, knocking on doors saying, "You got any mirrors in the house? Can I buy them?" <laughs> and uh, a lot of people were resistant. A lot of people, I was offering serious amounts of money, yeah. very open to it. I would say I probably collected about forty-five percent of the mirrors on the west coast of America. Far out. I then bought a significant amount of property in Arkansas, mm-hmm. and uh, I just put them all on top of each other. The mirrors, just yeah. stacked them up. Stacked them right up. Do you, are you talking after we wrap shooting or? Yeah. Are they there still in Arkansas? Just a big pile of mirrors? Presumably. Once I sort of line them all up, uh, I realized I don't know what I'm doing here. None of this makes sense. And I, I, I just left them there. Before we get some, um, go around, buy some, maybe commission some big lenses to be made, big bits of glass, we could, uh, we could make ourselves a laser. A little heat ray. From the mirrors? A devastating heat ray, yeah. How does that work? What's the science of that? I think if we got all the mirrors... Okay, picture this. We get all the mirrors that... That's my handwriting. (laughs) We get all the mirrors that you've purchased in a circle. I'd write a lot of postcards and characters, Vivian Westwood, and just send them out on set. I sent you a few. We tilt them up. Remember? 45 degree angle. So when the sun hits it, it all kind of blasts roughly into the middle. And then we focus all of that light through a single lens into a beam. I think we've got a heat ray at that point. I'm not here to argue with you. I, I'm here to agree with you. I don't understand science. I think that'd be a pretty cool thing to do. It's a good use for the mirrors. That or go around New York City figuring out who's a vampire and who ain't. There's always <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. We Originally, the, the scene of uh, Carrie and Big sniffing the book lasted an hour, but... um. We got significant notes from the studio saying that's too long, so we cut it down to 55, still too long, 50 minutes, still too long, 45 minutes, still too long, 40 minutes, still too long, 35 minutes, still too long, 30 minutes, still too long, 25 minutes, still too long, 20 minutes. Felt pretty good for a week until we got a note back saying it's actually still too long, 15 minutes, still too long, 10 minutes, still too long, 5 minutes, still too long. Eventually, I think it was down to about 22 seconds. Mm. Um, And honestly, watching it back now, even that feels too long. (laughs) It does. To think we, we wanted got it hour, to think we wanted an hour of that right oh, now look. is embarrassing. In retrospect, sure, it was long, but you you only get the feel for that sort of stuff once you're in the editing bay and you're seeing everything in, in context. Put yourself in our shoes. We've, Put yourself in our shoes, everybody. We got 250 hours of footage, which we thought was all going to make it into the. Fi- this isn't takes. I'm talking like we've got our selects to put in the movie. <laughs> You got 250 hours stacked up. Neither of us. Do you want to know the original plot of this film, guys? Have you got mm, four hours? Neither of us have written or made a movie before. You have to bear that in mind when we're sharing this information with you. 
Hats off to the editor, though, I. Wow, the fact that they cobbled together anything even close to this cohesive is nothing short of a miracle. Yeah. Here's to them. What do you make of this red? The wine. Yeah, it's not a bad red. It was my idea to uh, have this... uh, have music in the movie. <laughs> Brand new filmic technique that Guy Montgomery brought to the That's fore. Right. He said, hey, have you guys heard music? And we said, uh, yeah. The guy <laughs> said, I'm thinking we whack some in the film. <laughs> we said, yeah. <laughs> he said, cool. Yeah. And then you raced out of the room, <laughs> running around to record shops, because you'd only ever heard five or six songs. Well, point. I was ready to fight tooth and nail for the idea. It felt revolutionary, and I thought it was a pretty good one. And yeah. I stand behind that to this day. Yeah, you got very little resistance in the room, but you just, you looked so pent up, ready for a fight. Weren't you? Well, you I was like ready for one. spring all coiled up, ready yeah. to bounce, with no place to go. i tell you what I wasn't excited about. What's that, mate? Books being in the movie. Fucking A. You and I both fought very hard to try and get all literature and books uh, and text actually removed from the movie we kept arguing with the several directors stacked up on top of each other in trench coats saying mate people don't go to the movies to hear about books people go to the movies to forget about books get them out of here <laughs> now introduction of young Brady who uh, what you need to understand is that Guy and I have developed a lot of projects involving this young man's character um, not any of them have been greenlit so far, but we have got merch ideas, uh, children's animated series, lunchboxes, um, playing cards, pajamas. I mean, we've got religions. it all. We've only made two sets of all this stuff, and it's all adult sized, almost exactly to our specifications. Mm. Um, sort of as mock ups, I guess, because we went into the room to pitch. But I think a lot of people were confused. I don't know what happened on the scheduling end of things, but a lot of people weren't expecting us in the room. So you can imagine the two of us show up with a lot of, to them, who is just Brady, the kid from Sex and the City, adorned all over a set of silk pajamas, a lunchbox. If you open that up, you've got apples with his face printed on it. You've got a deck of cards we're throwing at them with his face printed on it. And then, all of a sudden, you release 1,000 wild rats with little masks, specifically built for rats, of his face, into a room, a couple of network execs. I mean, these people, they're so coddled. They live in such a heightened, cloistered, you know, false version of the world. They've got no idea what to do in this situation. And neither did we. We had not released the rats before. Tell you who did know what to do. The kid who played Brady. <laughs> Fucking A. Kid was a dynamo. Real joy on set. Now, the original draft... Um, which I think I alluded to was uh, 3,000 pages long, didn't have any sex in it. Mm. And it almost immediately got shot back to our desk. Um, They hadn't read it, first of all, which was a bit of an affront to a lot of hard work we did. Uh, You've got to respect their senses that in spite of not having read it, they knew there was no sex in it. They knew there was no sex in it because they they managed to do a bit of a control F, try and find the word sex in there. I refused to put it in because of my prudish upbringing. Um, yeah. which eventually led me to the... So we said there's not enough sex for you? Illuminati. Well, take this. And we uh, changed out the word city for the word sex. Mm. So all the stuff about the city was now about sex, but in doing so, we took out all of the city. They said that's not going to work either. So we then took the script back. We divided it into two halves, half sex, half city. The first half, all the characters, the descriptions, the action, 
The dialogue was just the word sex. So if you can imagine this scene, as it was written, would just be sex, 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 sex. The people in the background, they're no longer in a cafe. They're fucking. Or, if they're dining by themselves, masturbating. Just want to say that necklace that we've got on Kim Cattrall at the moment is Luciferian. It's actually a penis going into a vagina. That's what that is. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. There's another win from me. Yeah, that was a big win, actually. Team Satanism. You got a lot of agendas you were trying to get into this film, Tim. Yes. Gay agenda. Satanist agenda. My agenda. Yeah, you kept trying to get a shot of your calendar in there. Yeah. Why was that? I thought it was very important that everyone get on board with my agenda. Here it is. 4.30am, rise. 4.45, first coffee of the day. 5am, I'm off for a run. Four kilometers. Don't go too hard. But go very, very fast. Four kilometers at full speed. 5.30, you're in the shower. Start cold. Get to warm. Never go hot. By 6am, you want to be sat down at the breakfast table, tucking into... Uh, human noses preferably if you can't obtain them pig snouts will do it's going to get you through the day then I'm on my um, underwood typewriter from uh, about 7 in the morning to 7 at night and then off to bed (laughs) those are the weekdays the weekends you get everything in reverse (laughs) the AM becomes PM so you get up at 4 p.m., 4.30 p.m.? Yes. Have a coffee at 4.45 p.m.? Yes. But otherwise, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. Now, here's a fun fact about Smith Jarrett. Um, I fucked the ever-loving shit out of him on set. How was that? Fantastic. <laughs> is the he man, a good, good is lover? A, he's an electric lover. He's very generous. Dumb as a sack of hammers, though, that man. <laughs> I have got... <laughs> Nothing to say about this movie. He, the Smith Jarrett, can't even remember the man who plays him. This is how uh, wafer thin he was as an intellect on screen, or, or uh, uh, on set rather. What I'm trying to say is this man is a dum-dum. We were giving him very specific directions because we'd be like, you start here and, and just walk over to Samantha and deliver the line. And he would say things like, how do I walk? And we'd have to block out how the left foot goes in front of the right foot when a human walks it's the strangest thing I've never experienced anything quite like it yeah when you say that it did sort of the way we had sex did now with hindsight feel a little bit exploitative on my end (laughs) yeah this big muscle bound man exhausted from a day of learning how to walk and me you know running around Los Angeles with a lot of mirrors yeah it's exhausting thirsty work it's hard trying to teach a grown man how to walk, especially when you're laden down with that many mirrors. Now, this is our introduction of Dante into the film. This is where we got a big win for... Um, once we kind of cottoned on to the fact that we need to insert some sex into the script, we came up with this idea of transforming Samantha into a total voyeur. They weren't fully enamored with the idea, 
the teams of directors stacked on top of each other inside trench coats, led by Mattress Pikelet King. But once we started to lead them down the garden path of saying it would be very taste, uh, tastefully shot, we won't see too much pain, but we'll see just enough. No full cooch. We'll get some titties in there. They started to warm to the idea. And before you know it, we've got a recurring through line of one of the main gals just staring at her neighbour, having sex every night. It's exciting. It's avant-garde. And yet somehow a timeless cinematic concept. Perving. There was the original subtitle for this one. It's like how... um, You'll notice... You know how Star Wars is called Star Wars A New Hope? Mm Mm-hmm. But everyone just calls it Star Wars. Maybe they gave them that subtitle afterwards. This was supposed to be Sex in the City perving. Sex in the City, Sex in the City, the film, the film. Sex in the City and the movie, the movie perving. You'll notice, for how big this closet is, not a mirror to be seen. Good point. Would have scared the Chrises too much. Can't worry the Chrises. Absolutely. Chris Noth, a lot of people don't know this, because a lot of people think of Chris Pine, Chris Pratt, uh, these guys as the... Chris cr- Evans? Yeah, Chris Evans as the Chrises. Chris Noth includes himself in that conversation. <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't, because no one else does. I don't know, man. You ever get the feeling you've seen your own work too much? Absolutely, man. Like, just, at some point, it's too much. It's an assault. We need more wine. I'm not looking forward to the Chilean $10 bottle that I've um, procured. I don't foresee good things. I think it's going to be great. Let me hold that glass for you. A fun detail about Samantha's character in this film is... um, She sucks. Not that, but we sort of thought, well, she lives in Los Angeles, but why don't we remove that as an interesting plot element by having her literally spend her entire life in New York? A lot of the time we'd think of a clever idea or something that might, you know, function in terms of story or plot development, and then we'd figure out a way to take it away, because uh, that way we've earned the right to do it. Just missed, sorry, the shot of Noel Fielding on the shelf there, who we dressed up as Joan Jett to recreate that famous uh, album art for um, I Love Rock and Roll, I think it was. Yeah. That is Noel Fielding, if anyone's curious at home. Like this. For those of you not watching along with us, I was just singing a lyric from the Aerosmith Run DMC mashup, Walk This Way, a song we decided to use for a fun montage in which Carrie would try on various different outfits, both from the movie that we hadn't seen before and also that were worn during the TV show. Sort of as a nod or a homage to the fans who we are otherwise taking the absolute fucking piss out of. The hardest bit for me of the whole production of this film, I think, was trying to... Do everyone's charts. When you have an ensemble cast, there are a lot of birthdays in the mix, a lot of competing signs, a lot of risings that you have to coordinate. And uh, it actually adds a tremendous amount of expense when you can only shoot with two people at a time, but there's sort of four main characters in a movie and you've got to digitally stitch it together at the end. But when you've got a cancer with Taurus rising a straight Virgo a Aquarius and a fucking Scorpio all in the same film and leading roles 
There's no way, and you would be a mad person to try and get them to be in the same place at the same time while you shot. You couldn't do it. So that's why I'll forever be grateful to the um, the artists in the CGI department who managed to stitch all this together to make it appear like the gals are appearing uh, at the same time. I'll forever be grateful for them. Yeah. Forever. We do owe them a debt of gratitude. After it turned out we'd gone well over budget and of the 250 hours of takes we'd approved for use in the film, 249 hours of them were unusable. They were left with an hour and a half, not just of images to render, but story to patch up. Uh, Without wanting to give away too much of the stuff that they inserted of their own volition outside of what we'd scripted and shot... Uh, pretty much the entire middle section of the movie is theirs. So we did the opening gambit with uh, the introduction of the characters, the sort of cursory oversight of where the Sex and the City world and universe was, and we also did the credits. Um, otherwise, you know, while we can talk and speculate about what happened on set, uh, this is pretty much all CGI. And honestly, they fought pretty hard to get this uh, entered as an animated feature in the Oscars, or at least if only not as the best animated feature, best animation. Mm. Disney blocked them, of course. Oh, and so did we. We said, well, then everyone's going to know about the errors we made. Yeah. And they said, well, they kind of should. Disney, of course, famously aligned with the Illuminati, so they they knew that they could sort of get on Camp Timbo. And I'd, I'd seen some of the big wigs at Temple. Now, here's an interesting thing to remember when you're watching this scene. So I've this got is a where few favours owed by some pretty high up people in the organisation, if you know what I mean. Sorry, off you go, Monty. You sign an undisclosure agreement, you're not even meant to say that. But That's true. the people who you're talking about know who they are, and they will be quivering in their boots. So we had a bit of trouble getting this scene off the ground, if only because the actor playing Steve Brady kept saying, I'm not married to her, I haven't cheated on her. Yeah. And we'd say, well, it's... As it may be, that's not necessarily relevant for what we're trying to capture here, which is the experience of your character being married to her and your character having cheated on her. And he said... He said, I haven't. I haven't and I won't. And we said, okay, feels like you're repeating the same point here. Are you married in real life? He said, no. We said, have you cheated on anyone in real life? He said, no. And um, we sort of came to loggerheads and... As we've just mentioned, all of that was CGI. Very difficult man to work with. Now, I'm not quite sure how he managed to get through the entire series of Sex in the City without sort of being familiar with what the concept of acting is. Right, to his credit, he'd show up every day. He'd show up every day, and then we'd have to digitally erase him. <laughs> Lovely man, though. Phenomenal. Huge, beautiful penis. Yeah, and seriously taught buttocks. The guy is an undercover hottie. Uh, or actually, no, not even undercover because he is outwardly attractive, but he's more sneaky hot. <laughs> sneaky hot. Of course, we can see in the back of shot here, Brady playing with a sort of commando G.I. Joe man, getting some cues from a military figure on how to command an army. What you can't see is an earpiece in his right ear in which Tim was whispering various different instructions on what to do with the action figure. Throw his arm up in the air. Put a fist up there. It's an old Illuminati symbol. This is um, a bit of the film. We're at uh, sort of the 38-minute mark now, folks. Um, Where certain storylines start to unravel, and we are testing the audience at this point. It's got to be said. 
We weren't just testing the audience. We were testing ourselves. It sort of became like a... What's happened? Let's bring people up to speed. If you're watching this 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 track without the accompanying movie, what do we got right now? We've got a marriage in turmoil. Steve has just announced that he's been cheating on his beloved Miranda. That's right. Charlotte and Harry have been given absolutely nothing to work with. They are happily and boringly married while raising an adopted daughter. Carrie and Big are at somewhat loggerheads over the planning of their wedding, which was meant to be small and has grown into something much larger. And then, uh, oh no, that's everyone, is it? No. Samantha Jones. Samantha Jones, Jones, living in Los Angeles, voyeuristically watching her neighbour Dante have sex with a variety of women, falling out of love with her life with Smith Jarrett very slowly but surely. Um, that, that synopsis took about 30, 40 seconds. That's right. We could have saved so much time. Well, if we treated the whole movie like we treated the montage at the start... People keep saying this, and I say the same thing to you. I said to them, I have regrets. Regrets? I have a few. Chris yeah. Noth really showing his Oscar-worthy acting chops here. That's right. phenomenal. That was an improv... Get him an all black. He looks like a floating head in this scene. He's got black eyebrows, jet black hair. He's got a black shirt on, black uh, pants. He's just got this slightly... Uh, he's got a beautiful tanned olive face just floating. Is it interesting to you to think that all of these people worked very hard to get to where they are in life and in their careers? Like Chris Noth, Sergius Kapaka, when they signed up for the TV show Sex in the City, no idea what it would become. And then they ride the highs of what it is, you know, through the days when they're genuine, genuinely making a difference. Cultural and critical darling, moving the conversation forward, really contributing to society at large, to the cynical cash grab that we orchestrated and executed in this film. This Hollywood, baby. This is the train, isn't it? Everyone's doing important work at the start and everyone's collecting a big old important check at the end. There's, there's a poetry to that, you know? I just can't believe that this... Ashes to ashes, importance to checks. There's another hour and 40 minutes of this film to go. And what I'm... absurd to me. What I'm wondering... Wait, it's even longer. <laughs> Jesus Christ. An hour and 50 minutes. Boy, howdy. I feel sick to my stomach <laughs> at the thought of that. <laughs> it is truly terrifying. Really scary. And all I've had today, mm. so far, yeah. two pieces of toast, uh-huh. half an avocado, yes. three tomatoes, and a banana. Well, it feels like a... As the list went on, I was like, well, that's not so bad. A lot of soft foods. Yeah. Are you a bit worried about the toilet situation that you may be brewing? No, no, I think the toilet situation is going to be fine. I have had two coffees, but I've also had two poos. I'm mostly worried about the unholy amount of wine I've realized I'm going to consume to make this experience enjoyable, at least for myself. Should we be able to get cracked? I feel like we might be a bit behind. We're so busy gas bagging over here, we're not paying enough attention to the wine. Which, by the way, can I just say, beautiful notes of, um, you know, red wine. It does taste like red wine. We're going to get through this? <laughs> yeah. I want to hold on to your hand for a little while, Tim. Physical intimacy is important. Yeah. I. Uh, what is that song? We're going to get through this. Daniel Bedingfield. We're going to get through this. I'm going to make going to make it, going to make it through. Hey, is he I'm going to get through this. I got to get through this. He is a Kiwi. I think one of those people born in New Zealand, largely raised elsewhere. But we happily claim him as our own when he's doing well. And when he's not, we still claim him as our own. 
Oh my fuck! All right, here's where we're at, everybody. Engagement dinner. Sorry, rehearsal dinner for the wedding. Uh, day before the wedding, which is very high stakes, a real hangover style, like putting something too close before the big day. And lo and behold, it does blow up in their fucking face. Because this is where the seed is planted by Miranda telling Big, uh, don't know what you guys are doing. Marriage ruins everything. Smith Garrett trying to smoke a fucking stogie like Duke Nukem cracks me up every time I see it. He is a boy in men's clothing. That's right. He kept putting it in his mouth and going, (gasps) You're not Arnie, mate. Admit it. You can't smoke a cigar like that. Just smoke it normally. In the crook of your index finger. It's not for you, mate. Your hands aren't big enough. What's it like being married, Tim? Ah, oh, look. It's bliss. It's great. That's Someone's so, got your back. That's so great. That makes me really happy. Everyone should go get married. Find the next person you see. Go get hitched to them. Marriage isn't some archaic, outdated notion of, you know long-term commitment and monogamy it's a beautiful lease on life in which you find someone you love cherish and care for they feel the same for you and you support one another through the hard times and the good unless you get a dress gifted to you by vivian west westward in which case it becomes a sort of avatar for your own vapidness devolving into i mean a sensationally selfish exchange where you've completely missed the point and uh ultimately as a result of your dwindling years and lessening prospects as time goes on and your looks begin to wither one of the few assets you have left a gradual acceptance that you're going to be with this person who you don't particularly love but uh you know mr big's the only man chasing me now so i guess i'll settle down and start a lovely little compromise nest a lot of people get married for fear of being alone but sometimes the loneliest we feel is when we're in the company of others and to me that's the scariest fucking thing in the world (laughs) A great philosopher once wrote, uh, one is the loneliest number. That you'll ever do. Not according to Guy Montgomery, for two. Two can be as bad as one. As bad as one. It's the loneliest number after number one. Who wrote that? Harry Nilsson. Is that true? And people say he's just a pair of tits. <laughs> that is true. Harry Nilsson, uh, his, his career was derailed by the crippling disease that is alcoholism. He was one of the most gifted songwriters and performers in the history of music. Wow. But um, couldn't quite get it together. He also sang that song, You put the lime in the coconut, you drink it all up. You put the lime in the coconut, you call the doctor, wake him up. I said, doctor, doctor, ain't there nothing I can take? I said, doctor. Singing before the hour mark has to be an all-time low for yeah, the lads. Yeah, that's not good. Do you know, every time I hear that song, that reminds me of Practical Magic. Now that is a film. I haven't seen it. It reminds me good. of my dad. He Sandra used to Bullock. love saying that. It's a good song. I can imagine Stephen belting that out, shirtless, making some pancakes for the kids on a Saturday morning. I am disappointed to reflect upon how little of my childhood was spent with my dad shirtless. (laughs) That fucking prude was always tops and bottoms on. You know when you're You're really making up for lost time, aren't you? I am. I remember out on stage. Oh, when did I do that? It's happened. I was there. Oh, but that was in service of a, a joke. That's true. That wasn't just a dick out on stage. That wasn't me going, my dad was clothed. <laughs> Take this. Yeah. Um, when you're younger, 
you know how much time you can spend in the water? If you go to the yeah. beach, if you're at a pool, it's like literally... Funnily enough, I frequently had this conversation with my wife who grew up at the beach. Yeah. And she said, it's just amazing. I used to get out there, I'd just be out there all day. And then you'd, your dad or your mum might come in for a swim and you're like, yes, finally, this is going to be amazing. We're going to spend three, four, five hours in here. Are you kidding me? And they only want four to five minutes of pool time, but beach do, time. Do, do, and you, do you think it's the perception of time? You know what I mean? Like, do you think when you're a kid, you're actually in there for the same amount of time? But no, five no. Minutes was I mean, hour. yes, the perception of time does play some, some. Uh, it's come to play some to some degree. But genuinely, have you spent time with kids around pools? They will stay in them until they are like hypothermic. True. The kids love water. Completely pruned, sick, shivering, blue lips, poisoned by the chlorine, bleached by the bleach, which I add to my pool. That's right. Um, so I guess the wedding day is tomorrow. <laughs> Big experiencing doubts. Thanks. And I don't want to spoil anything for those of you who haven't listened to any of the podcasts before, haven't seen the movie. Uh, somehow, listening after fifty minutes of absolute rubbish to this podcast, Big's going to jilt Carrie. And not our best work. This is it. No, it's had its little moments, though. Sometimes you throw some wine and a full head of steam in the mix. The other thing about this room is when you spend too much time in it, it uh, becomes completely filled with CO2 and completely devoid of oxygen, which I think is a cognitive impairer rather than enhancer. Well, what about we get some fresh air in the room? Yeah, not a bad idea. Literally nothing to stop that from happening. It's just me getting up, opening a door. You going to do it? It's a little treat I'm going to save for the hour mark. We're allowed to exhale in 10 minutes. Okay. Big moment for the Sex and the City franchise, this. Carrie Bradshaw, the perennial single gal. She is a shining beacon of uh, fucking, dating, and, you know, meeting guys. And now here she is on her big wedding day. Finally. What a what a image. What a vision. That's right. Mr. Big, however, is not doing so well. He has found out that I've left a mirror in the bathroom of his trailer. That's not Chris. That's not Mr. Big. That's Chris Knopf. Mm. And uh, we filmed him trying to call someone to press charges and then overdubbed it with dialogue in which he was freaking out towards Carrie. My God, Tim. Seems so expensive. Seems like such an expensive way to go about things. He wasn't happy, though. Uh, it turns out, though, and we can say this definitively, you get, there's no law against making someone uh, sort of look at themselves in a mirror if you don't use physical force, which we didn't. So charges were dropped. We got a movie out of it. And uh, you got treated to that gorgeous scene of Big on his phone. There was a man standing in the back there and a very father of the bride... Uh, Posture, which I've never noticed before, smiling on in a wedding suit. No, who's that fucking guy? I don't know, but it is. I didn't cast him. None of these characters have parents. Dark man. Well, we know that uh, Steve's got a mum with advancing Alzheimer's. That is mentioned in the script. Otherwise, I didn't put that in. Uh, I've not heard a word of in either film. But that actually is in fitting with the lore of the franchise, which is that um, all four of the gals spawned forth 
from a plant rather than being born of man, which is why we follow their adventures. Look, we have a lot you of... You ever heard the phrase two peas in a pod? Yeah, Sex man. in the city is where that came from because <gasps> Samantha and Carrie came out of the same pod. You're five years old. You're only allowed to ask five people to your birthday party. Here it goes. Who are they? Five years old? I've got no memory of... Well, all right. I can soak up three spots with my siblings. No, you're not allowed siblings. Far out. Maybe you should answer this question first and I'll get in the wake. Sam Manson. (laughs) Shout out. Yeah. That friendship soured. Oh, sorry to hear that. Not five years later, he pushed me into the urinal when we both went on a toilet break during class. I went back upstairs, my front absolutely covered in urine water and urine. I said to our teacher, Trish Daniels, I said, Trish, Sam pushed me into the urinal. She said, don't blame other people, guy. You had a little accident. Seriously? Yeah. You reckon that stuck with me? Uh, It really seems like it has. That's fucked up, man, but also sensationally funny on his behalf. Why isn't he a stand-up comedian? Sam Manson, Christian Armstrong, Kit Hunter-Welsh. Shout out. I'm five years old. Who are my friends? Sam Idle and Dunn. I used to love that kid. <laughs> Shout out. I, did, I used to love him, but I also didn't like him because he was a faster runner than me. Mm-hmm. And running fast was one of the things that I thought was like a key attribute to my personality. So they call him the Flash. And uh, Ben Pryor. Shout out. Pretty shit birthday party. Yeah? What are you going to talk about at five? Um, probably trying to form, make amends after pushing your mate in the urinal. I reckon that is sensationally funny, though. That's a that's a good wicket from him. Ten years old. You're allowed five people at your birthday party. Who are they? Oh, fuck me, mate. I mean, I'm not sure that this makes for the most blisteringly hot audio content, but Luke Parker's in there for sure. <laughs> that's what I want. His dad works for uh, a, a um, I think they're called BMG, and they were like a, a some sort of subgroup connected with Sony, and he had a PlayStation before anyone. Remember... Spending a lot of time playing PlayStation at his place. Um, Having a PlayStation at a young Tim age. Tim Morton. Before shout we, out. Before we give a shout out to Tim Morton, can I just say that having a PlayStation at a young age, I think, is a lot like being a celebrity when you're older, where it's very difficult to tell who is friends with you for who you are. <laughs> very true. And who is friends with you for your status or ownership of a, of a gaming console. Yeah. It's a hard one to tease out, but I think you care less when you're a kid too. You're just like, ah, oh, fuck, I'll take it. Doesn't make a difference. You're at my house. A little bit less self-analysis. Maybe there's something we can all learn from the child inside us. And you, as the guest, are going, but this isn't fair because you always get to play. It's at your house. Daniel Dixon. Shout out. Shout out. What's Dan, what's Dan Dix doing now? Fuck, who knows, mate? Haven't looked him up. No idea. He's good value. Probably uh, um, Mark Gibson. Yeah. He's definitely there. Shout out. Shout the fuck out. Uh, Most of the people I've just named, in fact, I think all of them, and I formed a uh, sort of a tribute act to the Spice Girls, and uh, not once but twice. Called the Herb Boys. We won uh, talent, talent quests, talent contests, performing as the Spice Girls, the five of us. 
Amazing. Guess which girl I was? Baby. No, sporty. She's the only one of us who could do a cartwheel. Really? Yeah. What were they teaching those 10-year-old boys that they could not cartwheel? Emotional crescendo of Sex in the City and the City, the movie. The movie. Fuck. Uh, this is a moment of high drama. We have used slow motion in the film for the first time as Carrie Bradshaw slams her bridal bouquet into Mr. Big's stupid face while Charlotte grabs her like a mama bear clutching a threatened cub to her bosom ushering her to safety we have tears we have screaming we have disappointment and a broken heart one of the strongest bits of acting in the movie that uh, when Charlotte chastises Big for jilting her friend and rightly so to be honest if someone jilted one of my close friends I would be ropeable hmm It's no good. It's no good what he's done. Did you but experience he does any nerves hell. or cold feet on your wedding day? No, none. Pure excitement. Yeah. That's what you want. Definitely. No, I don't get the cold feet thing, eh? I, th- I find it very... Um, Did Zoe? Well, not that I know of. Yeah. But you'd have to ask her, wouldn't you? Well, I don't... Doubt. I've asked her. <laughs> she and? said no to me. Yeah, yeah. You might get a different answer. No, I don't think I would. You're very happily married. But that's not to say you don't still experience cold feet on the day. Yeah, little moments, little freakouts, you know, that aren't actually representative of how you feel. It's sure, just sure, your sure. brain I'm, laying I'm out not, an alternative I'm, reality. I'm not here to say, like, if you do get cold feet, that that's not a perfectly normal reaction to a wedding day. It's so common that it's got its own terminology. Cold feet. I'm just saying I didn't get it. But that's because I tend to... I do, I do some scary things, so I try to, like, make them not scary in my head. You know, getting on stage and performing, that's uh, scary for most people. you just got to compartmentalize a little bit. Yeah, this will be fine. Don't worry about it. What's the etymology? Keep your biscuit. What's the etymology of cold feet? Hmm. Maybe it's like having wobbly legs or something when you're nervous. Knock need. Yeah. Cold feet. It's an interesting one. (laughs) Who's to fucking say? I... I'm so grateful to those of you who are listening along with us right now. <laughs> and I'm also so sorry. Yes, I'd like to echo those sentiments. I just don't know what to say to you. Like, sometimes you get in the room and the alchemy, it's not off, but it's also not on. What star sign are you guys? I'm so happy to be next to Tim. I'm so happy to be drinking wine with my friend, but I'm so upset at what is transpiring on the screen in front of us. And we are trapped between just genuinely talking to each other and having a good time and catching up and honoring the concept that we're talking about or over this movie. And honestly, the whole situation is no man's land. It is a fucking mess out here. (laughs) Nothing we're saying is of interest, not just to you, but to us. How do you think we feel? It's 10 times worse. Here's the problem. One of us is always in this kind of shallow, but very rarely do both of us find ourselves in the ditch. And yet here we are. It's coincided. Well, let's the, implement the some positive thinking let's techniques. Let's get some strategies in the mix. Let's go at it. What star sign are you? Libra. Libra. What's Libra all about? Is that the wire? It's the scales of the justice. Sc- yeah. Ooh. That's what I say. I said that to someone who does astrology recently. They said, that's not what it is. Oh. I said, definitely is. And they said, you're wrong? Yeah, but I said, to be fair, I'm right. What did they say? It is. I didn't listen. I'm obsessed with the idea. I'm the scales of justice. Ten alternative names for Carrie Bradshaw. Margaret, 
Middleston. Oh, <laughs> stumbled at the first hurdle. Felicity Huffman. Ruby Knox. <laughs> Andrea Colleen. No. Sarah this is a Nigel. time to even mention it. Uh-huh. No, no, no. Find another time later. Uh-huh. Well, it turns out I couldn't get her out of the honeymoon, but I got us in. What? I just booked us three seats on the flight. Mexico? Here we come. Uh, I can't go to Mexico. I have a job. Very recently, I was just looking at and it. And we're back. Little uh, technical glitch. Yeah, yeah you'll be little... upset to hear that was not a strategy meeting in which we regrouped <laughs> and planned how to make the remaining hour and a half of this recording more enjoyable. It was a minor technical glitch. To probably note for my own... Uh, Technical prowess later, 58-56, Anyway. It was important to us that we took the characters outside of New York City, famously the sixth character in the franchise, and to Mexico. Uh, otherwise, it was going to be very difficult to put in some slight racism, Uh which, for whatever reason, it felt like we should put into the film, if only to represent the time and place we were at culturally in 2008. It's the 14th poles of doing a big-budget film. You've got to sell it to young adults who have got that disposable teenage income from their after-school jobs without having to pay rents or mortgages. You've got mums and dads who need a date night out. You've got uh, the elderly who are on a pension with a lot of time to fill and need some entertainment products. And, of course, racists who have inherited uh, tremendous wealth from their forebears, presumably who have stolen it. Yeah, built on the backs of hurtful and harmful ideology. But that's how you get a movie made these days. Those are the, those are the four groups of people you've got to appeal to, you see. See, making movies, it ain't so hard. You've just got to uh, get out all of your morals and hit pause on them. Hit pause? You keep going. You hit pause on the morals. Slow down. This was the first time Sarah Jessica Parker's appeared on screen sans makeup. We call it El Natural, which actually means the natural in Spanish, surely. <laughs> doesn't make any fucking sense, That's does it? That's right. That does mean the natural. Now, Tim and I slept in this bed for a week. They filmed around us. When we first arrived in Mexico, we went on a huge Oxycontin binge. Um... Did not end well for either of us. Well, you say it didn't end well. The thing about that is, if you analyse the experience that we had on our Oxy Bender from just the end point, sure, it didn't like ultimately end well. But the memories that I've taken out of that seven-day voyage of discovery for, 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 uh, through a beautiful land of Mexico, they will last me a lifetime. Well, hallucinatory as they may be, that is true. Well, did we or did we not go to the most stunning display of luchador wrestling that you've ever seen in your life well in a sense we did and that we visualized it but in another sense we didn't leave the room for seven days tim so no we did not riddle me this did we or did we not i feel see like a the matador <laughs> show second to none the answer is going to be the same isn't it because again we did indeed share that experience which i final think- question were we at a J-Lo concert in Guadalajara, Mexico? Yes or no? Well, 
that was the one time we left the room, and it was sensational. Jennifer Lopez really brought it. A back catalogue of nothing but the biggest hits, including guest appearances by none other than Ja Rule. R.I.P. Ben Affleck, who was her partner at the shout time. Out. Yeah, huge shout out to Ben Affleck. He couldn't sing, but he did deliver all of Matt Damon's lines from this, Goodwill Hunting. We this. said, why is he doing Matt Damon's lines? He didn't explain it. It was incredible. Is that true that they were together in 2008? Who's to fucking say? Yeah, literally no one. So don't look that up, fuckers. Tim, I love you. I love you so much. I have so much respect for you. I really love the this. way you live your life. <laughs> I do. I think you've got a great heart. You've got a really good energy. When people meet you, they're excited to get to know you. You've got a warmth to you that cannot be taught. It cannot be bought. It is entirely yours. But... What you're doing to me and what we're doing to each other is not healthy. No. Neither of us are in a good place right now. Let me repay the compliment because I feel like I really left you hanging out there. No. It wasn't nice. I don't want... I know. I, don't want, I know. I, I don't, hear you. I don't want a compliment. I know. We're, I want one during this record. Sure. But if we both give out our really generous compliments now... It takes away from what you've done. It doesn't do that. It's just oh. what's left for us. Oh, I see. <laughs> compliments right. are nice to give and to receive. Well, God, there will be a little something waiting for you a little bit later on, unless I forget, in which case I will feel very bad. I won't mind that. Right now, it's time for more shit fuel to get into Charlotte's gob, because a uh, misplaced blame has been laid with some Mexican cuisine, or actually the water supply, isn't it? Whereas, um, in fact, this is an answer to the question, if one consumes nothing but chocolate pudding while on holiday, will one retain the solidity of shit one from, for yeah. which one is accustomed? Credit, the answer to that is no. Credit a friend of the podcast, Mitra Johari, for accurately pointing out that the misguided notion within the world of the film that the water that Charlotte gets in her mouth during a shower is what made her sick is wrong. Truth be told... You go to Mexico and eat nothing but chocolate pudding from Poughkeepsie, upstate New York for a week, your insides are going to become ruined, very fluid. There's nothing to keep that stuff in there. There's, no. there's, there's too much fiber. There's a lack of viscosity is what there is. Straight through. You need viscous shit, everyone. Like it's important. A, like a kid in a hydroslide. That thing's going to come out of the bottom with no control. But even worse, it'd be like... Jello going down a hydroslide. Oh, it's disgusting, isn't it? Wish I was on a hydroslide right now. Surrounded by water, these women refuse to get in the pool, despite the fact that they're all in their bathers. What's going on there? They're adults. They don't understand how much fun there is to be had in water. That is fucking true, eh? It's so weird. Kids get it. There's a few things that kids get. Absolutely. Number one, racism is a social construction that should not be bought into. It is not a natural proclivity that children possess. It must be taught to them. And number two, the water's for getting in. It's not for sitting around. As adults, so often we say, I wish there was a pool. I wish I was near a body of water. How about you change the framework and the structure of what you're saying to, I wish I was in the pool. I wish I was in a body of water. Do you know what's crazy? I spend at the beach in my 30s sitting on the sand next to the water is fucking insane. Do you want to get in? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'll go in for 40 seconds, followed by two more hours of lying on the sand. The incredible miracle that is being in a body of water, you are weightless. Your body, as it exists in the real world, takes on an entirely different form. You are literally floating 
in as close to what is a representation of zero gravity or space as we have so long as we're bound to Earth. And yet, we'd rather spend our time waiting to get to the right temperature before we climb into the body of water. It is a disgrace. It is a humiliation. To all of the children listening to this podcast, I say this. Please give us some notes. We're running out of ideas. Mm. Send in some finger paintings. Mm-hmm. Luckily for you, Guy Montgomery, we do have the good book here with us. Mm. The Sex in the City in the movie, the movie, the movie book. Here we've got a lovely photo of SJP. Uh, these these photos are fucking phenomenal. Look at that. Look at how crisp that is. Look at that. Look at that photo. There's a um, caption there. Can you read that aloud? At the end of the trip... Finally, ready to face her mailbox full alert, Carrie checked her messages. But she went when she heard Big's voice, she impulsively threw her phone off a cliff. Do you know what we should do? We should follow along with the book because I think this is set out sort of chronologically with the film. In Absolutely. fact, we've really missed a trick by not having it open from the start. So this book, if you uh, missed the introduction of said text into this podcast project, came from The City Tip in the nation's capital of Wellington, courtesy of my older brother, John, went to the fucking dump where people will get rid of all the things they don't want in their life anymore. And what did he find at the shop? The Sex in the City, the movie, the movie book. And what luck. Here we have Michael Patrick King saying, in the Mexico sequence, I initially had Carrie taking full responsibility for what happened to her, but then I decided she wouldn't have come to that understanding the day after being jilted. So instead, I turned it into a we hate men scene. There needed to be an element of margaritas and fun, but without taking it to a girls gone wild level. That, of course, is soon to come when Charlotte Poughkeepsie's in her pants. Girls gone wild moment would be more like if they all got some new fellas. Absolutely. Can we get some more wine in this situation, Monty? If it's possible. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Definitely going to sneeze. Here it comes. <laughs> Please take that burst of energy to the door and get some fresh air in this. It's probably been an hour. We've earned it. 
Crickets, both reflective of the fabulous temperature we're enjoying in the summer of New Zealand and the boredom that we face watching this film. It's for both. Cheers. Here's Cheers. to, um, you know. Oh, it tastes weird at the bottom. Got some sediment or something. That $10 bottle of red that I've bought, I, I don't think it's going to be bloody scratch on this I reckon it's going to be okay this was $14 from a liquor shop at 9.40am <laughs> on a Monday you're really setting a strong character for yourself walking in buying a bottle of red before 10am oh, sorry I meant PM oh okay sweet well that's perfectly normal so I suppose at this point we're meant to be invested in Carrie finding her feet and becoming, you know, comfortable and open to the idea of returning to the real world, facing her fears of a public humiliation in the name of being jilted by Mr. Big, uh, and sort of taking ownership of her property again, which was sold and rebought, as though that is something that we, the movie-going public, can empathise with. But truth be told, at this point, what you're probably thinking as a movie-going person is like... Why the fuck are we in Mexico if no one's going for a swim? Why are we in Mexico sitting by the water? Get in that Mexican ocean. What's the ocean that Mexico has? What's that one? I think it's mostly salt water. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I'm quick. Even when I'm slow, I'm quick. Some birds of paradise in the garden there. A fabulous flower which has evolved over time to uh, look like a bird to stop other birds pecking at it. Is that true? Probably. You retain a lot of information. That is unhelpful. It's true. Isn't it interesting? Wouldn't it be great if we could sort of... I guess you can control the way you file memories and what you remember and what you forget. I don't think you can. I think it's just constantly in disarray. You have no control. Well, I wouldn't say disarray, but I don't think you've got a good command over... Your style of retention, you know what? You and this will this will date this a little bit, but I, I we are both demonstrably clutching at straws for topics right now. Was reading about uh, a um, couple who have been uh, twins, genetically modified humans, human babies, uh, who were um, created using a technique called CRISPR by some Chinese scientists under the guise of increasing their um, uh, how do you say? effectiveness of not getting HIV right protect them from HIV at a genetic level which just so happens to have the side effect of making them super intelligent and everyone's like you guys are full of shit you're making super smart babies on purpose stop doing that it's unethical holy heck yeah scary stuff man it's happening now it's happening now they're born they're in the world that is incredible yeah do you think if someone else was to look upon your brain or the way your mind functions or your memories are organized in the same way they might look at your computer or desktop, they would understand the layout? No. Or they would think, Jesus fucking Christ, yeah. you've got to rein it in, my guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. The latter. I feel like if someone did that to me, they'd see lots of folders neatly named and organized. But yeah. then if you open up the folders, <laughs> they're empty. they'd be like, yeah, empty or like... Is a lot of stuff that's been misplaced, misfiled. And they'll be like, so on the level, you you walk into a house and you're like, what a tidy, lovely house. You open one cupboard and it just bursts open. Exactly. 
It's about time we introduce Jennifer Hudson to this movie. Hot on the back of winning an Oscar in the year 2007 for her role in Dreamgirls, Jennifer Hudson was actually cast over Kelly Rowland, who the role was originally written for. Mm. The producers thought that Jennifer Hudson was the hotter hand, given her recent Oscar victory and Did her... Kelly Rowland pass away? No, she's alive. That's she, good. She's going I'm great. that. That's very good. Bridget- hey, we're in a Starbucks. Yeah, we're in Starbucks a lot. Starbucks, Smart Water, Sprint Mobile. But there's no labels out to camera while we're in Starbucks. You don't need them. It's known we're there. Every time they drink a coffee in this movie, they're drinking it from Starbucks. When are we getting Peter Kim of PeterKimPeterKim.com fame on the fucking pod? When I'm back in New York City, I'm going to take him for a nice Italian meal at the same place where Charlotte's water broke. I'm going to get a microphone for me, a microphone for him. We're going to shoot the fucking shit, my guy. Magnifique. Absolutely. That is going to be hot shit. I need to be there. I think I need to come over to America for that. Any working actor who's built their own website is a friend of mine. Absolutely. (laughs) And I say that with full confidence (laughs) because they are not out of my league. (laughs) Fuck, I'm looking forward to getting a to chat with him I gotta come over for a day absolutely we gotta suss that out not cheap flying from New Zealand to the States nor vice versa yeah it's essentially the same price isn't it almost exactly and the same distance you're just going in an opposite direction is it slightly different though because the world's turning I don't know it's probably the same I flew recently so 16 hours direct Chicago to Auckland. Christ alive. That's a lot of time in a plane, isn't it? Well, it's just incredible, the fact that you can do that at all. Yeah, isn't it? I think to look at a map, you yes. know, and say... Take a map and look, look at, at it. it. Yeah. Now, look at Chicago. Yeah. Now, Illinois. look at Auckland, New Zealand. You can get there in less than a day. That's fucked, eh? That is crazy. We've never had that before. Jennifer Hudson is what was playing... the first generation to have, like, broad air travel? Probably our folks. Wow. It all happens so quickly, and immediately we take it for granted. And yeah. it's important we do. Otherwise, we wouldn't demand more. We'd oh, be happy my with... Delta flight's an hour late. Yeah. yeah. Why would do the fucking majesty of being in the skies, cunts? If we didn't... Sorry, shouldn't have said the C word. You're right. Awful. That's the thing that sets this podcast apart from the others. The C word? I don't know, man. <laughs> Look at you. That rat that you're holding, currently dabbing your brow out of exasperation. Is that the word I'm looking for? It's from our friend Elsie, who probably doesn't listen to the podcast anymore, but made a sensational Brady the Rat King cosplay herself and gifted us one of the many, uh, how would you say, sewn rats that she made herself by hand. Gorgeous little critter. Soft to the touch. I won't let my dog get it because... He will eat this alive. I don't doubt it. Killing them both. It's interesting, actually. I don't know if it's our relationship with the format, the podcast, one another, or this particular movie, but I find it much easier, almost as painful, but much easier to sift, dig, and mine for material to talk about in watching and instead reflecting upon the movie than I do in discussing the happenings of the movie as they unfold in front of us. I have not felt so bereft of ideas and inspiration (laughs) around Sex and the City, the movie, the movie, as I do right now. And it's not that they're, you know, not throwing up offers. Did we miss Lin-Manuel Miranda's appearance? We just did then, but don't worry, he's back and better than ever. There he is, right there, right there. 
in the cap. That was him, right? In the yeah. hallway. Fucking great stuff. He's met Obama lots of times. That's pretty cool. He's just so like made a tremendous body of work himself. But you go on a date with Carrie Bradshaw. You are peripherally aware of her as an author, a sexual anthropologist, as she describes herself in the first episode of Sex and the City, the TV show. Oh, look who's been watching the pilot. It's a good pilot. It's a good show. Honestly, the fact that I'm reducing the component parts of it, uh, the series to this is it's, it's more an indictment. What's on- your question, guy? Are you nervous? Do you go in with any pre-prepared questions? What are you going to talk to her about? So was the premise I'm on a date? Yeah, first date. Well, you know who she is. I am terrified that my wife is going to find out about this, so I enter with fear. You are not You are not married to... I'm not. You're not married What's in, happened? in this hypothetical situation. I'm a widower. You're not Zoe's a widower. Passed away. Jesus Christ, absolutely not. You're not a widower. You are just not in a relationship. You okay. never met Zoe. You are Go still chair. single. Right. You're out there. You want to meet someone and form a meaningful connection. You go on a date with sexual anthropologist Carrie Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. What do you talk about? Do you think you have a connection? Do you think there's a chance for you guys to get to it? Fascinated to hear what it's like to be a professional writer. Interesting. Good angle. You know? Probably a lot of talk about the creative process, the the challenges of being in charge of your own time, being accountable to no one but yourself. You know, sometimes very relaxed boss, other times real taskmaster. But Never entirely the, happily with my, happy with my output. Not just the method, but the the topics as well. You know, that's what you want to drill into. Sexual 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 anthropologist. It's interesting. It's, it's an good, interesting title to bestow upon yourself, isn't it? Absolutely, but you can see how it works. You know, this is America. This is the home of capitalism. If someone introduced themselves to me as a sexual anthropologist, I would assume that they had looked at the sexual habits of humans over. You know, millennia, rather than uh, rather than like a contemporary. It's more of a sort of a sociologist of. Well, it's just a sociologist, isn't it? Sex is a part of that. Anthropology is the study of people, though, right? I don't know. I thought it was the study of people over, t- like a, as a, as a species, sort of over. T- who's to say? We're just two boys enjoying a bit of red wine and some other stuff in front of our twenty fifth watch of Sex in the City. And the city, the movie, the movie. Here's Samantha Jones with the weather. It's a fucking good belt, that. Another Luciferian symbol I managed to sneak in. It is the serpent, ladies and gentlemen. Known for its power. And it's about it, actually. Snakes don't take shit from no one. I love A. Samantha's hair in this scene. B. The cafe front behind the payphone in which Carrie is talking to her. Soft focus, everyone, if you're pitching it in your head. It's a little sort of uh, baby blue wooden storefront with uh, racks of red wine on the wall behind. It seems like a sort of mom and pop operation. Speaking of sacking red wine, you should probably do that. All right. We've got some red wine to get through, friend. Cheers. Here's to you. Sacking red wine. Tim... Far out, man. I don't know what to say. I got back with you. Do you know? I got back with you because I missed you. Mm. And it served it's a gone. It served a purpose to a point. Oh, this sucks. You don't like me anymore. I do still like you. I think the grounds on which the friendship is maintaining are unhealthy. <laughs> you don't have to drink the wine. As far as I'm I not, remember, I'm I- not talking about the wine. Oh, okay. Cool, I'm cool, not, cool, 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 cool. Dude. Yeah. 
totally this not isn't about, about the wine. The wine? This okay. is not about the is wine. Is this about me? No, I think, to be honest, if we want this to become interesting, yes. not even for the listener, but for ourselves, Go on. we need to talk about why we're so uninterested right Here's now. Here's the thing about it. Two dozen watches we've clocked up. There's also, there is, maybe we are losing our mental acuity over time as we get older, but there is a distinct challenge about talking about something you're absorbing at the same time. I don't know if any of these directors' commentaries have been good. I do remember being sensationally fucked up for the Grown Ups 2 one. Yeah. How did that work? We wore uh, jackets and ties and shirts, and we had a vaporizer. On hand, oh, I'm thinking of prawn salad again. Because I keep, I, I, what I was thinking is, I remember there being some very, very esoteric ideas being discussed, but they weren't captured on the podcast. I remember talking about. I got on a track of um, coming up with the concept of there being a sort of a what do they call like a rapture style scenario? Do you remember that? Peter? Absolutely not. We're talking about big lasers shooting out of the sky and uh, a rapture scenario, and I couldn't quite get the contours of it. Vague recollections now. When we got on the actual record itself, but when we were watching, we had a conversation about that and couldn't quite recapture the... I couldn't bottle that lightning. So obviously that wasn't a director's commentary, because if it was, it'd be uh, right there for all and sundry to hear. But do you want to um, perhaps dig a little deep guy and try and analyse what's going on with your your inner... Yeah, I'm just I'm just wondering what's going on here. I wasn't uh, dreading doing this with you. I was not necessarily overwhelmingly excited, but I certainly didn't anticipate the heavy and slow feeling that has hung over this record. Oh, by the way, Carrie Bradshaw, after posing for a photo shoot in Vogue, is now. Um, it's actually a, not a bad bit of conflict in the movie. Uh, Miranda was about to confess to the fact that she feels partially responsible for Big jilting her because she told Big the night before the wedding that marriage ruins everything. Mm. She was about to say as much on Halloween to Carrie in a CVS pharmacy. However, Carrie gets distracted by seeing a magazine on which she features as the last single girl. Of course, this is humiliating now because she has since been jilted. So you can't stop it going to press. Um, but I love this bit of soundtracking. I love those leaves. Whoever did those leaves deserves a fucking paycheck. Charlotte is a good friend. Um, I just think... I totally get the Jackie O thing now as well, now that you've said it. Yeah. The wardrobe designer took cues from Jackie Onassis Kennedy for Charlotte's wardrobe. I see it, man. I see it now. I think we might have just lost perspective. On the film, the project, what both, we, yeah, okay, everything. All right, let's let's uh, let's pack, let's unpack, it let's feels, pack it up, and then unpack it. That it, we've packed. It feels wide and unwieldy. Okay, feels like it keeps going out at the sides and yep. never goes straight forward. You know, but here's what we've got to do. I saw this in um, one of the Superman movies. It was uh, Man of Steel, I think. Uh, um, make it small. Listen to my voice. Make it small. Make what small? The world. It's too big. Make it small. What do you want to talk about? The Adams family. What a bizarre concept. Do you know how the Adams family got across the line? I think people forget about Adams family. 
people our age, they're like, oh, The Adams Family, it was a cartoon. This is a live-action TV show in the uh, 50s, maybe the 60s. And the thing about The Adams Family is it was another example of Illuminati occult symbology and behavior being displayed on screen under a guise of comedy. Got across the line because of the entrenched Illuminati presence in Hollywood. And I, for one, couldn't be happier that it exists and that I managed to get a reference to it in this here rom-com. Is, is, uh, how much of what you just said is true? Who's to say? It's difficult to tease out. It's true, actually. I guess if You're you... all just words at this point, yeah, right? Yeah. If you, you, pour, ke- you pour enough red wine down my gullet, words come out. It's not a bad rule. We've been to this cafe. This exact one? Yeah. Wait, wasn't it? Wasn't this the one we've been to? We're back in Starbucks, so I don't know that we have. I mean, Starbucks You told Starbucks me one of these cafes we've been in. I thought it was this one. We've been at the restaurant that uh, is the rehearsal dinner oh, setting. fuck. I did not think... I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. With hindsight, um, you know, because we did go on the Sex and the City tour, courtesy of Gillian Anthony, who at the time was working for Time Out in New York. Brilliant woman. Is she not now? No, she's moved on to bigger and better things, my man. But uh, she Gillian's took us on the cool. Sex in the City tour, and sure. to be honest, it was largely wasted on us. At the time, the only information we had relevant to the universe of Sex in the City was exclusively provided through Sex in the City 2. A trip to Magnolia Bakery sounds fantastic in theory. I do not know what this place has to do with the show. Yeah. We went to the same place that they have the rehearsal dinner. I am now familiar with it after seeing Sex in the City. And in fact, the first time I saw it in the movie, I was quite happy because I was like, I remember that. We didn't eat anything. We didn't drink anything there. But I don't remember being there, mate. To be honest with you, it's a classic American place. More uh, wine, Monty? Absolutely, and that the 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 decor is obviously expensive, but it's wrong. Yeah, it's a good description. This is quite racy to me. I haven't spoken with you about it on the podcast before, but we've just Samantha, had some exposed female Samantha Jones. Uh, Samantha Jones. <laughs> you can just call them nipples. Uh, or can you? Well, I mean, men have nipples. I think it's important to delineate. Well, delineate? D- differentiate. But the reason that you uh, differentiate is because women's nipples have been Well, if someone's listening to the pod and I say and expose nipples on screen, they could be going, what, a fucking dude's nipple? That's Why are you telling me? But an exposed female nipple, for some reason, highly censored in film. Gets a higher classification slapped on. It's, Do it's, men's nipples get that? No, they don't. Absolutely not. It's not Could so you much milk me? What's his name again? Robert De Niro. No, no. <laughs> uh, the thing for me is, not that they, they reveal the nipples, but it's that Dante, mm. sexual Adonis that he is, returns from surfing. Yeah. The woman, whoever it is that he's seeing at the time, that day, if we're to believe what Samantha Jones believes about him, and why wouldn't we? Because she perves on him every single day. The line uh, is, a new lover every day. They hook up on the way out from the water, and on the beach, on a public open piece of access, he peels her bikini top off and gets her nipples out. Oh, I see. Like, if you're sunbathing nude... Ah, it's LA. That's okay. It's Los Angeles, they're Democrats. Yeah, but you still can't fuck on the beach. Why is it so popular to have sex on the beach or the idea of it pervades? Cause I don't know if it is. Yeah. I think, here's what I think it is. People are like, hey, what's awesome? Sex? Love it. Beach? Also love it. Let's combine the two. Sometimes it doesn't work out, folks. Have you had sex? Like jello down a water slide. Have you had sex on a beach? I don't think so, no. 
Have you had sex outdoors? Uh, yes. Legend. What would happen if these were to magically disappear? Yeah, I know where you live. For a pair like this, I could move. Oh, wait, here, not that one. Do you want me to get rid of it? No. No, it's too beautiful. I'll just, uh, bury it. Deep in the back, like I did my feelings. <sighs> Do you miss her? Every day. Oh, it's weird. I haven't cried very much at all. Well, no, maybe... Maybe you're only allotted a, a certain amount of tears per man, and I use my. Oh, eye. when did that happen? I wonder. Yeah. Very, I think very recent. And we're back. Hopefully, you caught the excitement of uh, Tim going. Oh, and I didn't say it, but I felt it. Tim has three posters blue tacked side by side on a wall in the studio here. One of them, due to the heat and fresh air, has peeled itself off of the wall and was going to fall all the way down, but is held in place by a blackboard that is in front of it. It's Can interesting to think wine? that what we're watching, it's right next to you, oh, my bad. is a movie that cost $100 million to make, is two and a half hours long, Where and stars it? some of the greatest actors of our time, has somehow proven to be less interesting than a poster literally falling off a wall. <laughs> yeah. It's like watching paint dry and being enthused about it. It's the opposite, though. It's like watching paint wet. True. You got me there. All right, just uh, bloody taking the cap off the uh, uh, Macaraca Reserve Pinot Noir of Chile. Oh, it's not a good colour. I say that I don't know wine, but that's not what I expect in a Pinot Noir. No, I got a good feeling about it. To be honest, at this point, what difference does it make? Let's bury ourselves. The problem is, we both got lives, tasks, things to do after this. No, but no, no, we exist only in this. This is all there is. Do you think that's true? Let's have a look to at people the people listening to the podcast? Do you think our lives exist beyond the confines of watching the same movie and talking about it every week? No, and you shouldn't think about it. People listen to us for escapism? I don't want to burst that bubble. Enjoy, everybody. You don't want to reveal the fact that you've got a life beyond the podcast? Absolutely not. It would ruin the magic. I don't know. What am I looking for here? When I swill wine around a glass and people say good legs on that... What's good? Is it when it sticks when it not? I think legs is when it sticks. It's like a very gentle viscosity that puts the liquid against the glass. So you can see traces of it from the top to the bottom of the glass. That is what I imagine when someone says, look at the legs on that. If only because the drips or fluid bit of liquid that you can see peeling down from the top of the glass down to where the liquid is resembles legs. Yeah, that's true. Like Yeah, you're right. It's funny, isn't it? Because um, when you do the little swilly motion, I mean, in the wine community, I'm sure you're aerating the wine with some other stuffy nonsense. But if you did that to some some, some bloody second-rate juice that had some floaties in it, you know, it's uncouth. But apparently this is classy. So let's take a, um, a little taste test and find out what we're working with here from Chile. It's not bad. It's robust. That's good. It's yummy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's got um, notes of yumminess. 
I couldn't help but notice that you have been on high alert, living in not fear or dread, but certainly scepticism about the taste of this Chilean wine. So I'm very happy to hear that you're happy. I'd like to say, I've never noticed it. I probably won't notice it again. It might not be true. I'm just trying to find something to say in this moment. I fucking love Carrie Bradshaw's new hair colour right now. It is really working for her. A few people have commented on that. We've had um, a few guests say that, uh, yeah, no, they, they really love the move of SJP to a brunette. I'm with them. We've got a phone call just coming into the studio now that we're just picking up. Guys, guys, grabbing the phone. Do you want to just check who that is? Yeah, I'm, I'm just on the phone right now, Tim. It's uh, it's someone from England. That's mm-hmm. all the information I got given. Oh my goodness! And you've hung up on them straight away. Was that the end of the convo? Did they just ring up to say hello? I'm from England. Yeah, far out. I sort of talk like this. Is that right? Yeah, and so you sort of what I'm thinking is I'm just going to start talking like this. As what well. would have maybe been a smart idea is to maybe bring that voice in. Maybe when the phone call was still transpiring, give it give the well no because color people can't hear what I'm hearing if I'm on the phone. But if I just start talking like this, it's sort of if you think of it as as me guy, but also someone slightly divorced from guy. <laughs> okay, so for example, I I just start calling myself Keith. 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 Yeah. Keith. K-E-I-T-H. Keith. What part of England are you from, Keith? Nottinghamshire. Oh, that's a, my favourite part. Yeah, well, it's my favourite part too, isn't it? I don't really want to leave Nottinghamshire no, so much anymore. But sometimes I've I got to for work. What do you do for a living? I'm a pilot. Are you? You fly planes? Yeah. For whom? Commercial jets, British Airways. Far out. Absolutely. BA is quite a good airline, as I understand. Well, not up in the cockpit. It's absolutely horrible. What's happening in there, Keith? What's going on? Well, a lot of the money that's being spent on these planes is going into the cabins. First class, business class, premium economy, economy. I leave the pilots in the front ups back in the 60s. Is that right? Absolutely. What are you dealing with in there? Take me through the, the chairs that you Well, you're... it's just a rudimentary series of levers and knobs, really. A few shapes, a few wooden blocks. The usual. What's the equipment like in there? You've got some measuring apparatus to be able to see yeah, what altitude well, you're at? Yeah. You've got a tape measure. You sort of drop that out the window, wind the window down, roll that down the side of the window, see how far up from the ground you are. Now, that still works when you're, you're 30,000 feet in the air. You've got a pressurised Well, no, cabin. a lot of the time we're just left to guess, isn't I it? I see, I see. But all the passengers are so comfortable in their premium economy, even if you're in economy, it's pretty comfortable in our seats where all the money goes. That's right. They don't even care. How warm is it in the cockpit? Do you stay okay in there? Too hot, too cold? Just right? If you put a window down, it does get pretty cold I pretty see, quick. I see. I imagine that may take the plane down also. Well, yeah, a little bit. That's what turbulence is. It's it, just... It's the pilots, pilots getting some fresh air. Getting a bit of air. I see. That makes sense to me. Very good. And uh, look, who, who's your favourite co-pilot? That's the question on everyone's oh, lips. It's got to be Angela. Yeah, Angela. She's the love of my life. Is she? Yeah. Does she know this? Well, in so many words. It's not entirely reciprocated, but I think she's coming round. I see. 
You got to keep a nice professional relationship though while you're in the try to try to. I see. It's hard if you're in love with someone, isn't it? It is, especially when all the way up there, close proximity. Well, you got the wind ripping through a plane, moving at 800 miles an hour. You got a tape measure hanging out the window. Certainly. You know, you feel a real rush. You feel a jolt of adrenaline. Sometimes you say some things that you might not be meant to say. Is that because you think you're about to die on account of the tip? Well, often, yeah, I do get into a, a bit of trouble sometimes, now and then, for winding down the window. What's the worst thing you've said to Angela, Keith? I love you. What, how'd she respond? Well, I couldn't really hear her, could I, for the noise of the wind screaming through the cockpit. Did it occur to you she may not be able to hear you either? That hadn't occurred to me. You're telling me there's still a chance. I'm saying there's still a chance. Well, I'm going to go tell Angela I love her. See ya. Best of luck, Keith. Not a bad guy. Fair play to him, eh? Honestly, nice to have someone else in the studio. Really good stuff. Really good stuff. Ah. And the movie rages on. (laughs) To bring everyone, uh, just, ah, words escape. Where are we? Carrie, broken up. Miranda, broken up. Charlotte, fine. Samantha, Rocky, done. That's where we are. That's right. It's, it's New Year's. This movie transpires over about 18 months. Is that right? Yeah. It's about a year and a half? Yeah, about a year, I reckon. Can I, I, yeah, pull me out. Can I just say... This... It's either the way that we watch movies or this movie or the mood that I'm in right now, but it calls into question what makes any movie good like what is lacking here we've got characters stuff's happening to them isn't that enough aren't we meant to be interested you're not supposed to watch a film 25 times that's the key component and it actually worries me hello and we're back and we're back i'm not sure how long we were offline for their time this is going to make for a very interesting um and admittedly difficult uh, director's commentary to sync up if you're trying to watch the movie. <laughs> to, who's doing that? Hopefully. Honestly, what we have recorded is two and a half hours of us struggling to have a conversation with each other while our worst enemy sits now, in the room. I don't know how much of this got picked up. Perhaps none. I'm guessing none. But Guy just put the question to me that, 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 that the crisis we are in right now begs the question, what makes a good movie? We've lost all scope of that. I threw back to my man, Monty, the fact that you are not supposed to absorb a film 25 times. No wonder it's lacking for enjoyment despite the fact that there's characters there's story there's there's you know stakes for the people we're supposed to be invested in we've seen it 25 times mate that's not how you enjoy cinema pal it's true it's not how you enjoy anything it's not enjoyable a song a song's enjoyable at least 20 at least 25 rounds it's not as long though yeah that's true actually That's, that's a good point a painting Yep, paintings are evergreen, songs, poetry, po- right up there with music, I'd say. Yeah, jokes. Ah, uh, well, now I'd put jokes almost in the category of film. Yeah. You want to be surprised by a joke for it to have the full effect. That's true. You do need to be surprised by a joke. All, all comedy is is being surprised in the right way. Do you know who said that? Tim Bat? Yeah, me. Truly? Yeah. It's not a bad quote. Yeah. It was an epiphany I had. What do you think about New Year's Eve? Do you buy the hype? I think it's good for humans to retain some ceremonies. 
Yeah, I, I agree like, with that. I like the uh, do you set, function of New Year's. Do you set resolutions? No, I do an assessment. You reflect on the year that's I go been. back. I go, we're, we're at New Year's. How was this one? That's right. Do I need to tra- Do I need to make some big changes? How do you feel uh, at the most recent changeover of years? Pretty good. 18 was all right. 18 was big. Got married. Yeah. Huge. That happened at the start of the year. Massive. That um, is absolutely massive. Not not as many professional wins as I would have liked. Yeah, well, you know, it's tough. It's a tough industry. The podcasting, watching the same movie over and over again. Everything. How do you get to be number one at that? How many people are doing this format now as well? There's a few people who have, who have reached out either saying, do you mind if I do the same idea? Or, hey, Tim... Look at these fucking Charlies doing the same idea as you. Mate, I've said it before and we will say it again. You have our blessing. Go for it. Yeah, honestly. We, we, don't, we don't own this fucking genre. We caught lightning in a bottle once and half of it's out of the bottle. Good luck to anyone trying to wrangle that other half of a lightning bolt into a bottle. Like Ray Badrin was at my throat trying to convince me that he was going to have the wherewithal to listen to, I think, like... One of our episodes 52 times or all of the episodes 52 times. I knew immediately he didn't have the follow through to do it, but he he was convinced he was going to do it. Lo and behold, I gave the man about three weeks. He messaged me going, you know what, Tim, I'm not going to do it. I I said, yeah. It takes a lot of hard work, a lot of commitment. That's the thing. Do you know what it represents? Do you know why this podcast is interesting? Why? Or it's the it becomes good or interesting the same way that anything in life does. It's literally just showing up. This is the best representation of self discipline I have from the last four and a half to five years. That is disgusting to me. But probably the same for myself. Absolutely. I've not laid out any greater body of evidence that says, Hey, I can find something and stick to it. And that breaks my fucking heart. You are having a crisis on Mike. <laughs> Things are good, guy. You've got love in your life. You live in New York City, the big banana. Things are going all right. That is true. Look up. New York City is not as represented on film. How is their depiction of New York City and your experience of New York City different? None of these people have roommates. <laughs> Fucking A. That's one of the first ways this is absolute nonsense. Do, you, do they They presumably all own their apartments, right? They're all pretty rich. Miranda's renting. Oh, that's true, that's true, that's true. But she probably co-owns the place in Brooklyn with yeah, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte, I think, I don't know how much money Charlotte made. She was a gallerist. Harry is loaded, isn't he? Oh, okay. I, what does Harry do again? Runkle for the long-time listeners. Uh, I think Entertainment lawyer? Or is that a different show? That's a different show. That's Runkle. He's a manager or something. I think he's a maybe a finance guy. Maybe him and Big would have something to talk about. Steve is a business owner. He runs a bar. Big, famously the only illiterate stockbroker on Wall Street. That's a good claim to fame, though, because on Wall Street, there's like a thousand brokers and you know money shifters. You want one that's got a defining characteristic. You got to have a unique sales proposition. Yeah. And being the being a man still standing. Yeah, after yeah, decades, yeah. He's still standing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and he can't read like he is. He's definitely got something. I watched the music video Savant. for "I'm Still Standing" this morning. Weird. How was it? It's all right, Elton John. I feel like it was filmed in Miami. He's a fun guy, Elton. Yeah, he seems like he's got a good energy. Uh, I agree. Quite agree. Yeah, I hope we get to continue to enjoy Elton John. Vitamin right? water. That's what I was trying to think of. Starbucks, smart water, vitamin water. Oh, I said smart water. Smart water, yeah, true. Good point. I am interested in how much money they paid, eh? Like, what do you pay to get into Sex in the City and the movie, the movie? I think it was about $15 at the time. $15, one five. US or NZ? To watch it, yeah. Ah, oh, very good. The vitamin water to be in there, the product placement. Million. One? Million. It's a lot. Yeah. You reckon it's worth it? Do you think you'll ever have a million dollars in your bank account at one time? No, not how money works. (laughs) Millionaires don't have a million dollars in their bank accounts. They've got assets. What would you do? A million dollars in your bank account's not doing anything for you? I would go to the... I'd go Go to the stock market. I'd go to an ATM. (laughs) I'm pretty sure they've got like a... It's either $800 or two grand limit. Uh, not to withdraw, oh. just to confidently display balance when oh, I am okay, withdrawing. Cool. Just to get mugged. I'll tell you about that. When I was I was uh, waiting to do a show in New York that I was putting on, and I was, went to an ATM to get out some cash so that I could uh, tip. And um, there's a woman in front of me at the ATM who accidentally like left. Printed a receipt? She didn't print a receipt. She somehow left her balance on script. Like she was distractedly but talking she had to her a friends. Yeah, she was. She was just at the ATM in front of me, and I was waiting. I thought she was finished, but she wasn't yet finished. Ah. I caught a glimpse of her balance and eighty thousand dollars sitting in her checking account. Coming to watch the show I was putting on. Is it weird? I felt entitled to some of her money. Uh, how much did you feel entitled to? I'm just so like, if it's anything beyond the ticket price. Yeah. I. You're yeah. like, just give me two grand. Yeah, I was You've like, got 80. Exactly. In my mind, I was like, oh, just, f- if you enjoy it, just give me like $500. Honestly, it's yeah. no skin off your back. Yeah. But you don't get 80 grand by that kind of behavior. You get 80 grand that's by what everyone no says. Yeah, that's what everyone says. Like, fa- you know, famously wealthy people are also famously frugal. These two gals deserve a shout out. We yeah. drifted really from the intended purpose of this recording. I love the storefront of this cafe as well. Okay, here we are. So what you've just missed, folks, is the scene where Samantha gets red dice spilled on her by a couple of, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Peter protesters, who are um, aghast at the use of fur in the fashion industry. And they're saying fur is murder. Do you wear fur? Not knowingly. Leather? I think I do have some leather items. I think I got some leather shoes made in Vietnam. Lily's a fucking idiot who can't write yet. Well, listen, she's a small child. Yeah, well, need to lay off. Do better. It's interesting that French people still haven't figured out how to spell perfume. Without doubt, that's the funniest thing either of us have said this whole time. I think that's the funniest thing I've said in about a year. Oh, boy. Look, you missed it. All that wasabi. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Fucking <laughs> insane. I, I, she's so absent-minded. She's not looking at what she's doing whatsoever. She laid it out like fucking ketchup out of a bottle. 
Yeah, that is going to... Are you joking me, mate? That is really going to sting you. Oh, thank God you're throwing it away. That thing is a bottle rocket. Wasabi's got a very unique property as well, where it's different if you have chili spice. Like, when you say spicy food, you're thinking chili. But with wasabi, it's that umami kind of heat. And it, it, it fucking stings the nostrils. Absolutely. It gets that palate, that upper but palate of you. There is also some sort of synthetic or false wasabi. It's which, horseradish. Yeah. Mm. That, to me, is horseradish. What do you mean? Well, it looks like it's out of a tube. It doesn't look like the real deal. Oh, I see. Well, irrespective, they, they end up with gentle, the same sort of heat. It's a gentle kick on a flaccid roll of sushi. It's not I gentle. cannot believe that you think fish is a more acceptable sex food than rice. You know, I just, um, yeah, look, this is going to skew the timeline a little bit, but I've very recently uh, edited up that episode. That poll is... I guess once you're hearing this, definitely out and settled, but fuck, man, let's not revisit it because whatever happened, happened, and it's in the past now, but it's in the future for us. It's a nice... The timelines are confusing. Glimpse behind the production curtain. It's like the fucking Marvel universe. It's like the Marvel Cinematic Universe trying to keep all the timelines straight in our heads. (laughs) What's been released? What's out there? What isn't? This restaurant, we have talked about it numerous times before, but it is fucking hilarious, the amount of balloons they've got. Uh, yeah, I blew all of those up with my own mouth, tied the knots. The production and set dressing crew were furious. How is your breath lighter than air? Because <laughs> these are Well, that's what they said. They said, those are meant to be filled with helium, you idiot. We spent the last oh. budget on those balloons. So, I painstakingly, with my own nails and teeth, had to undo every single knot I had tied of those balloons let the air out so that they were still functional balloons. I know it looks like a lot right now, but can you imagine I tried to get 5,000 balloons into that room? It's too many. Absolutely it's too many. I lost 4,000 of them when I was deflating them, leaving 1,000 helium-filled balloons which adorn the scene that is in front of us right now. Coincidentally also where we get the turn of phrase, tying the knot. It's about balloons. This is a moment of revelation between Carrie, Carrie Bradshaw, and Miranda. I'm gonna say, Shrilecki, Hobbs, Hobbs. I was off, only by several syllables, and no shared consonants or vowels. <laughs> this is when Miranda reveals to Carrie Bradshaw over a camaraderous is that an adjective a camaraderous valentine's meal we have two women scorned i don't remember how sad we got during season two was it this sad it was worse yeah 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 yeah. dude nothing can touch the depths of sex in the city two no shit man as bad as this ever gets i really don't think we will approach sex in the city two zone that was a unique depression it was Bad. Mm. You, you're, you're going. I can see in your eyes. You're like an old war vet remembering, yeah, losing some comrades. It did get really dark, but this feels tonally to me mm. as close as I've been since then, professionally, podcast-wise. Since then, I've experienced, uh, you know, upset and sadness in my life, my personal life, since the Sex and the City two season. But not by virtue of what we're doing, 
have I felt as close to how I remember feeling at that time as I do right now. The thing is, tail end of this episode, we wrap it up. Not even halfway there. We don't have to do this again, sure. We don't oh, have to no, talk- I, think, I think we should do another DIRCOM. <laughs> I love that. Fuck, that's aspirational. We bombed the first one. <laughs> This is again. Give the, it another go this later. Is the, this is the open mic of director's commentary. We'll pick it up in the 40s. And the unique thing about America, two people host a lot of open mics there. Every open mic starts as an episode of a podcast I would never listen to. Yeah. Uh, creative arts are hard. There's no doubt about it. I've never really reckoned with the fact that that dog's got a sweater before. Samantha's little pooch, which never gets a name, is wearing a pink sweater. They're in the West Coast. Even in the heat of winter, that little furball's going to overheat. A height of winter, I should have said. The heat of winter would be a tautology. No, the opposite. (laughs) Self-defeating. You're hosting a dance party. Here I am. Rock you like a hurricane. Sorry, go on. You've already answered my question. Okay. (laughs) Was the question, what's the song I play? I'm not going to tell you. Scorpions. Here I am. Rock you like a hurricane. Whoa, whoa. I don't write them like that anymore. Well, if they do, they don't make the charts. Well, I wouldn't know that. (laughs) They don't write them like that anymore. Well, if they do, I haven't heard about them. It's true. It's true of anything. Absolutely everybody, everybody, everybody Absolutely everybody in the whole wide world Everybody needs and everybody breathes Absolutely everybody, everybody Everybody feels so I'm gonna care Do you know, you ever sing a song and you think That's okay but if someone who's listening hasn't heard that song before, they're like, this improv is off the fucking charts. <laughs> I want to put a lot of heavy rocks in a backpack and I want to put it on my back yeah. and I just want to keep walking until I'm in a body of water. Fuck, man. This seems like a real psychological response to the situation you've been put on. Like real core human behavior. There's something in your reptilian brain which is going... I'm not receiving enough stimulus or punishment for what I've signed up for, and I need to rectify that. That's how it feels. A clear shower curtain. You don't get a lot of that these days. Um, Certainly not. You want to know why? Because we're living in a post-GFC world where we've got to live together because no one can afford property anymore. And I am a material girl. (laughs) Fucking 80s have got a lot to answer for. Tell you that for free. I tell you what, we're not making sense. The quality of what we're talking about has probably gotten down, but it feels like there's momentum in the room. It feels like we're trending upwards. What is that? It doesn't look like red wine to me. What, do you got a water bottle in the mix? Yeah. Fuck's sake. It's full of straight vodka, baby. No, it is. Come on. Be straight with me. This cab driver is, if I could pick one character in this film to have a spin-off series, it's him. If I could pick one character in this series who most represents how I feel, yeah, it's this guy, this poor bastard, trapped in a cab with two people he's beholden to, yes, due to you know the the societal constructs that have him in places as a, as a taxi driver, requiring on the fare 
paid by these two characters to get a big fly. Look at this thing that's wandered in. That ain't no fly, my friend. What is it? It's a bird. (laughs) It's big. That taxi driver represents us. The taxi is the podcast. Mm -hmm. The driver is the host. Okay. Is that us? Carrie and yeah, Carrie and Miranda are Carrie and Miranda. Okay. (laughs) The cab is us, and the driver is also us. Yeah. Miranda and Carrie aren't us. No, but we're forced to spend time with these characters against our will. But okay. we have to due to some sort hey, of. Can I say? All right, let's 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 look at what's happening. Commercial right imperative. Where's the red wine at? We've fuck. All right, put it in my glass. We've got to stay. Okay, we're going to stay. We're getting somewhere. Bring it's me. not healthy for us. It's not healthy for our give interpersonal me, give relationship. Me give me your glass. I'm giving it to you. Um, what do you think, of Steve's posture in this scene? This is when it's we're fantastic. In, we're in the. Uh, I can't believe you criticised his outfit in this scene. One of my favourite outfits in the entire movie. Marriage counselor. That's do you know what? Do you know what that sweater's made out of? Um, mohair. Marriage material. Oh, that's fucking good stuff from you. <laughs> fucking a man. Fell right into the trap. My brain's firing. I'm finally operating at the maximum. He's of- got it. I've right got when it. we've got 27 minutes of film left to go, probably he's finally woken up. Yeah. Hey, is this thing on? Because Monty's come to play. I'm here. Hey, good evening, everyone. My name's Guy Montgomery. Uh, and I know what you're thinking. I look like what happens. When my mum has unprotected sex with my dad. Cue the applause. Shut the show down. It's too much laughter. Bombed it. Regret it. No, no, no. Edit it out. No, no. Redact it. Listen. I want that joke to just play out as two beeps, editing out the material. It'll never happen. I'm not listening to this thing in secret. Please. Please. How would I even find it? When you see the spikes. You've been screaming to me to put wine in your glass. It's going to spike it. I'm not yeah, going to search so that's one one-minute window. Please, you've got to edit that joke out. Mate, shall we return to the job at hand, which is... Um, Editing out jokes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not not that. Here's the thing. I love you, brother. Here's the thing about this this film. If you and me were on the beach, sleeping under the stars... Unfortunately, Guy... I'd cuddle up to you so freaking close. Guy has been defeated by it. <laughs> I have. I like, have. Here's the thing. We go into battle fucking twice a week now, and uh, and and he's been defeated. I, I he got owned. He got pwned. It feels good. This is what it feels like to be fighting on the losing side of a war on the last day. It's important to and know what honestly, it feels like. It feels fantastic. Why? Because you know, like, there's nothing left to fight for? Absolutely. Because... But there's half a season left. Because I cared before, and now I don't. It is a real window into the futility of life. This is nihilism, what you're describing. None of it makes a difference. Fucking hell, It's not nihilism. It just doesn't matter. That's the definition of nihilism. So I'm brilliant. Wait, tell me you fucking love me. I love you, Guy Montgomery. I want to cheers you. Oh, I want to cheers You're you. You're a great man. Uh, perennially funny. That means evergreen in your comedy. Oh, and yes. He- here's what else. Just a good guy. Just a good dude. Yes. It takes a um, huge beating heart to reckon with oneself and uh, and look oneself in the mirror and say, did I fuck up today? few people do it. You know, he does it, Guy Montgomery. I do do it. He I do it every day. Himself. Thanks, man. It's important. We all need to get in the uh, field of that. 
Oh, my compliments coming through thick and fast. Can that I say something to you? That insect just flew out the room. Do you think it was Can a I, spectre, like a biological spectre Tim, of the compliment? I want to tell you something. Go on. That was Coffee Guy? I think that was Coffee Guy, yes. and to this day, I'm upset that you did not agree with me. I know, I know, guy. I know. I could tell at the time you were upset, and I could tell at the time it was going to persist. I was thinking about it yesterday. Fuck. Entirely, yeah, like entirely divorced from the podcast or spending time with you. Just in my own head, the thought naturally presented itself. You have never, as far as I know, listened to one of the podcasts. Why would I? I have um, uh, listened to all of them, I think. To edit. To edit them. Well, they're they're not edited, but they're mixed. Um, And uh, I recently got to that one that I had to listen to, and I was like, why didn't you go with him, Timbo? You should have gone oh. with him. Absolutely. And I even said that on the episode, I think. I was like, I should have gone with you. That was that was what that was what stuck out at me. Is I was like, Tim always comes with me. Like I feel like I need to do a better job of going with Tim. And here I am being like, Well, if I go out there, Tim will come with me. He oh, always comes with now, me. Now, this is the scene that I ca- what it keeps This is the into most stoked I've seen I've been this is the most stoked I've been to see a breast savor it. <laughs> drink it in. This is Miranda Hobbs. Um, uh, like, uh, what's her name again? Cynthia Nixon. Cynthia Nixon, who ran for governor. I think it's fucking awkward. Like, we need to have more people running for high office who have got nudity of themselves out. Well, except for Anthony Weiner, because it's a different thing. I read an opinion piece recently, written in the New York Times. I say recently, it was a while ago. In the wake of Jeff Bezos' uh, divorce and blackmail scandal, or purported yeah. blackmail scandal, it was an opinion piece written by someone who said, Hey, Jeff, leak those dick pics, brother. Yes, dude. Take the power back. Absolutely. Change our relationship to sexually explicit images. He because almost everyone, did. everyone's putting them out there. He basically Everyone's did. got them out there. As yeah. soon as we normalize them, if I release my dick pic as yeah. some unknown opinion writer, yeah. that's not going to have any impact. Everyone's going to think, whatever. You're the richest man on earth. If you, Show us your penis. If you put out your dick pics, you can change our relationship to yeah. them. But this is like asking him to put the second fucking Amazon HQ in a place that'll actually benefit. You missed Dante's peak, this watch. I want to say that. Yeah. I, I love a, that you were looking at me, but I, I was a, looking squarely at that man's penis. I got a real strong visual image in my mind of his penis. You've seen it. It's real nice and I keep thinking it's turgid because it's big but maybe it's just big do you know who's got a massive penis go on the game the rapper yeah okay monster dong did you fuck the game no but I have seen it semi-erect through a pair of briefs okay like in person or I wish he posted to Instagram Ah, uh, do you want to see it? Nah. Yeah, I'll get it up. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> this part of the film is what I call Act Three: Rebirth. Charlotte hasn't popped yet. Uh, we actually forgot to announce that she was pregnant. But if you're a listener to the podcast, you'll know that that's a um, plot point. This is the baby shower that Carrie's throwing at her new apartment, like new new apartment. She has about four apartment changes in this film. This is the one after. Big and her get the apartment together after she comes back. She's, I don't know. I think it's her old apartment, but it's been renovated. Gave it a paint job, got a desk. 
This is the bit where Samantha comes back from the West Coast and they're like, you're fat now, but she isn't. Which is very, as a viewer, very confusing to tease out what's happening. It confused me for more than one screening. And uh, fucking, now you're up to speed. Welcome along, viewer. The date, the 2nd of December, 2016. The headline, the game keeps posting pictures of his giant dick. The website, Jezebel. Ah. The penis... Why won't that image open? I thought it was going to be BuzzFeed. So you would. Oh, that website's been discontinued. Man, that... Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. What? Jezebel still exists, I think. That cake looks delicious, and I'm not a cake guy at all. I mean, you can see it top right. Look at that photo. It's a big dick. Dude's got a big dick. What can I tell you? Guys are not lying to you. But it's not just big. It's massive. Isn't it? It's a it's a huge penis. Credit where it's due. I wouldn't fuck it. Alright. It's too big. Okay. You scared little boy, Monty. Look You're a fearful little child. I'm not against people having massive dongs. I just don't want to have sex with them. Fuck you, man. You're a hater. <laughs> Have I said something wrong? You're a hater. Dude, have I done something to fuck you off? Because the whole energy in this room has changed. <laughs> you did all of this. What are you talking about? You've kept it cool. Respect. <laughs> I've lost it. You're all good, man. I'm through the looking glass. No, good. Show me what's there. Show me some other images. I don't know what to tell you, man. Is ask it all just the game's big dick? Ask me literally anything. Wall to wall? Here it goes. AMA, Guy Montgomery. What do you see? Close your eyes. What do you see? Uh, it's it's black. Like I've got a very blank slate, and I'm yeah. waiting for your questions to yes. fill out the visuals. Um, when I say candy floss, you say... Candy floss. I'm looking at candy floss. That is a terrible word association. <laughs> Oh. Just repeat back. Am I what? Am I meant to have my eyes open? If again? I say cow, you say moo. If I say equation, you say math. If I say Samantha, you say Jones. If I say the game's big old dick, you say awesome. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Open your eyes. You're back in the room. I was in the room the whole time. But if I say the key phrase, you will cluck uncontrollably like a chicken. Okay, interesting. And you don't know what the key phrase is. I do not. This is the breakup of Samantha Jones and Smith Jarrett. Now, is it Jarrett or Jarrett? Because you looked this up recently. Don't remember. Jarrett. D. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought it was Jarrett this whole time. Interesting fact about this podcast I thought it was Jarrett for a long time. Here's an interesting fact about this podcast. It sucks. What the fuck is up with you, baby? Tell me about your day. Hashtag Gmon. Hashtag about that life. Hashtag living it. What the fuck is this? Literally DM me. You've you've fucking, you've gone, you've gone. Yeah, I'm out. (laughs) He's out, ladies and gentlemen. The man's gone. I don't know if you've had too much to drink. Or smoke, or if you are appropriately in tune with what's up. Tim, I want to ask you a question. I think it's the latter. How are you? I'm going to ask you to back off that mic. <laughs> I'm fucking over it, man. No, you're good, you're good, you're good. Keep it up. What's happening? Wait, Who's this gentleman? Who's this southern gentleman I'm talking well, to? Well, I don't know. 
I can't even find the voice. Hello, hello, hello. It is a pleasure to have you here on the pod. What is your name, Wonderful sir? to be here. Smith Garretson. S- Smith Garretson, it is an honor to host you. Well, it's wonderful to be here in your beautiful country. Smith, what is going on with you, my guy? Well, I only flew in yesterday. I was holidaying in London, England, and... uh it was a very long flight, but it's a joy to be here in this you, Now, what do you make of London, England? Because it doesn't strike me as... Not really for me. Mm-hmm. I was holidaying there for the previous 30 years, and uh, I don't I don't care for it myself. You were holidaying there for 30 years. Well, I was trying to get an accurate representation of what it's like to be in London, England. And Smith, so, can I ask you a question? Absolutely. How old are you? 75. You're 75 years old. At the age of 45... You went, I'm moving to London, England for a holiday? Absolutely not. I said, I am going on a holiday. Mm-hmm. I said that to my three-year-old boy and his beautiful 35-year-old mother. I said it to my business associates. I said to everyone I know. You're at the airport. You're ready to go. Do you know where you're going at that point? London, England. At what point did you discover you were going to London, England? When I booked the flights. Okay, and when did that come? Because you you, you sort of corrected me when I tried to take a little stab at... You didn't tell your loved ones you were off to um, London, England. You said, I'm going on vacation. To London, England. Oh, you told them at the... Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Very cool. Now, you were there for 30 years, three decades. What did you make in the place? Well, as I said just earlier, it's not really for me. I had one good day. When was it? Give me the date. 1970. No, wait. <laughs> 1998. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of course. Mike Myers released Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. The UK lost control of Hong Kong, I think. Yep. Both happened. Or wait. Yeah, no, I think that's right. Oh, man. I, Tim, it's Guy. Yeah, no, 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 it's not. I want to say I love you, man. No, I, Smith. I love you, brother. No, don't cross the streams. It's Smith, surely. Okay, but it is who it is. Smith, t- okay, we got a we got a lovely day. One lovely day in 1998. Tell me about it, man. What happened? Did you go on the London? Oh, the London night wasn't even up at that point. I wake up at 8.30 a.m., mm-hmm. same time I do every day. Yes, sir. I have myself... A stick of Gouda cheese stirred through a cup of black coffee. Gouda and coffee, folks. It is the most sickening combination of viscosity and liquid that you can imagine. Decadence. It is. Hashtag decadence. Very decadent. Well, if I just have the coffee, it goes straight through me. If I just have the cheese, it gums me up. Yes. I want to have both. I put them together. It's like a coffee fondue. (laughs) It's great, man. It's a really fun thing to have in the morning. Well, not so you, you think, but not after fun. 23 years. So, 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 this morning in 1998, where you had a wonderful day in London, you kick off with your regular coffee and gouda. What happens next, Smith? Well, I spend a very confusing 45 minutes in the bathroom. Not quite shitting, but not not shitting. I, I, yep, 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 yep. I gotcha. There's a lot of farts. Uh-huh. Man, I'm so juvenile. My brain's in mush. No, that's good. Uh, you, you took a big old, you know, pseudo dump. And then 
And well, you went to like a maybe took in some arts at a museum or, uh, or I absolutely took in some art at the museum. I bought a ticket to see Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. Very cool. Head along to the cinema. Now that Mike Myers really cracks me up. You like him, huh? Yeah. You know he's Canadian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's okay, huh? Yeah. Why would that be a problem? I don't know. I've met a, I've met a couple of people with your accent. All right, I'm out of here. See ya. Oh no, Smith. I'm okay. so sorry, man. All right, see you, Smith. I'm not doing that He's well. Out the door. No, you I'm really right. not doing that You're well. Good, You're Cheers. coaching Cheers me through you. this. You're great. I'm drinking all of this. Yeah, I believe it. You have to do it in one. Please don't do it in one. He's driving. Um, he's got a six-hour trip after this, ladies and gentlemen. I've just seen him drink a bo- uh, oof, at least a bottle of red. Oh, man. That was a big gulp. Yeah. Why'd you do that? So I'm sad. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason most people drink in that fashion. Now, Harry's tie. Still not good. No? Doesn't matter how much booze you put into me. It doesn't matter how sad I feel about the state of the world. That tie sucks shit. Gutted. Gutted for him and the citrus. Can I make a recommendation, Tim? Go on. Check out Sabrina Jarlis on Netflix. 15-minute special. One of the funniest bits of stand-up I've seen in a while. All right. That's Sabrina, J-A-L-E-E-S. I mean, what's coming to mind is a, um, a recent, recent when I say it was in this season of the podcast, an episode where I, like, right at the very end just tried to tuck in. I was like, hey, can I give out a movie recommendation? You were like, absolutely not. And here you are, in the middle of a fucking Dercom, throwing out... By the way, did we invent the term Dercom? It's easier to ask for permission than forgiveness. You've got it around the wrong way. Absolutely we did. Um, Is that us? Yeah. I've never seen it before, that contraction, Dercom. It's all us. Yeah, boy. That's all you. You're so smart... I respect you. Clever boy, Tim. When I talk about you sometimes, I say I really respect the way Tim is open to being wrong. (laughs) That's good. I reckon that's the the fucking mark of a smart person. Mate, it takes a lot of work to be open to being wrong. Do you reckon? Absolutely. I'm literally consciously working on that right now. Like, it's so much easier to present as right or at least intelligent or non-controversial or cautious Mm. than it is to openly talk about things while still being open to being told that what you're saying is uh, dated or inaccurate. Hey, we've got to get there, bro. That's how we're going to get better. We've got to make a a bit more uh, room for people to be wrong out loud and just let them, you know... Don't fuck, don't fuck them up too bad. That's my advice for everyone. Don't fuck them up too bad, don't, eh? Don't fuck them up don't too bad. Don't fuck them up too bad. Brother. Rule learning. Rule learning. Now, you've got a fucking thing that you've got. Look at that. The, hey, um, the Carrie egg timer. Bradshaw, rocking the hourglass. Hourglass, that's what they're called. You bought one of those. I love this. It's like a productivity tool. That's right. A little bit of self-discipline. I find technology slows me down. If I turn the Wi-Fi off, often I'll just do it straight. Bring people through how you use the hourglass. You flip it over and you go, I'm going to do a task and I've got this amount of time to do it. It's not even that. The, The motivating factor was I thought I want to be more productive. I want to have better self-discipline. 15 minutes. Hey. Yeah. I'm listening. What's wrong? I'm just... We've got to finish this wine and the movie's running out. Guess who's pitching in? <laughs> this cunt. <laughs> so the logic behind the hourglass, Tim, is I want to be more productive. I want to do more for less. 
Like, You've come to the right place. <laughs> pit know. stop. Sound like a slogan. Literally all it was was that I um, I saw these hourglasses and thought, do you know what? 15 minutes a day, a day is such a low stakes commitment. I know, no matter the circumstance, I have it in me to do 15 minutes a day. So I bought it in the knowledge that if I flip it, you got to respect the hourglass. If I flip it, those 15 minutes, it's on. It's happening. And often you'll work for longer than the 15 minutes. But it's like, it's it's renewable. It's just, it was just a little, it's a trick. A little life hack. I'm not even if interested in what I'm will. saying. No, come on. I'm sorry. I am listening. No, you're watching the movie. And do you I'm listening to what you're saying about the hourglass Power to you. and productivity. Power to you. I think it's a good idea. I've started doing it myself, actually. I did the old Silicon Valley thing. This is the thing. If you want to be successful, just copy what you think successful people do. The little like clues they give out, just copy them. I've got a whole bunch of post-its on a, on a board in front of me. This is like to-do, in progress, and complete it. And you shift them along as you get stuff done. Use a little timer to go like, all right, this, this post-it, I'm going to give myself 10 minutes That's to get this great. done. There's something about the physical action of moving it. Right, we are at the end of the film. Not yet. Fuck, man, we've got to down some piss. Oh, that's true. I've got to do some... Uh, I've got to do work in three hours. Like, I've got a work meeting. It's not for the podcast. They don't need to know that. I'm telling you as a friend. I know, but you're doing it on the microphone. Tell me afterwards. What I'm afraid of I've got to go to a work meeting. Whip- oh, God, you've got a lot of wine in that glass. Um, there's so, so, what, much- so wait, I just got bullied for nicking a whole glass of wine. No, you're right. It was an observation, the most recent one. I was just, I was about to pour wine in your glass, and then I looked over and I went, you know what? That is beyond full. Would you rather hook up with Chris Noth or Sarah Jessica Parker? It's a tough question and one historians continue to debate. Where I come down on it? Probably SJP. Because of your ide- your your where you identify on the sexuality spectrum? I guess it's probably hard to tease out. For me? Yeah. Chris Noth? Good on you, mate. There's nothing Looks like a shit kisser though. Know, he keeps going for the nose. I don't think he knows how to kiss. It it's, it's nothing sexual about it. It's pure curiosity. It's also a brag. Do you know to me it's a bigger get? Yeah, to be able to hook up with Big than Carrie. SJP has got such a stratospheric uh, career compared to Chris Noth, though. Apart from, you know, obviously leading a religion. Oh, I was going to say, apart from obviously being married to Matthew Broderick. (laughs) Shout out to Matthew Broderick. Shout out. Shout out to Matthew Broderick. Shout out, Ferris Bueller. My brother committed manslaughter in Ireland. Oh, dude, we don't talk about that. Have we mentioned it? We might have mentioned it in the second season. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy, dude. It's fucked up, man. I, I can't. I, I, I don't know. If, uh, I don't know who it was. What are you looking? What are you looking for? My phone. I was going to look up the details. Oh, why would you, man? It's so dark. You're fucked up, bro. I'm You've not... usually got a pretty good gauge for what to bring to the microphone. I feel. I feel like I love the nakedness that you've brought to the pod, to the record. I apologize. You needn't. I apologize. Not to you, Tim, because okay. you enjoyed it. I apologize <laughs> loved it. to the listener. Do you know what? I'm usually pretty together. I think I got I think I got not my shit on lock, but I reckon I'm in a pretty good way. Yeah. This has brought out literally the worst in me. <laughs> this what we've just done, this whole experience, has brought out um 
What you've heard, folks, is I the worst of Guy Montgomery. I can't imagine accessing this negativity and these awful, weird feelings yeah. through any other means. Mm. <laughs> these specific conditions you know, needed to be created to bring this out. Like, the next episode's going to be fascinating because I'm going to feel guilty and weird. Guy, there's this... I mean, we could scrap the whole thing. Should we delete it? No. Delete the entire thing. Put it out there. Should we delete the whole podcast, mate? Should we take it you offline? Know, it's something you taught me. Life is messy. <laughs> Life is messy. I would love for this not to be in, in public. but it's, That's why it will be. That's why it's important that it is. I hate this. We are at the end. We're at the finish line. Oh, do you know what I did say, though? I said that funny thing about uh, French people spelling perfume. (laughs) Do you know what, folks? You can't take that away from him. Do you know, genuinely, I am embarrassed at how proud I am. That, (laughs) That makes this whole thing worthwhile to me. Fuck me. That's incredible. That joke doesn't even work as a as an out loud joke. I think it does. It has to be written. Oh, true. Yeah. Well, unless you've got an educated, um, you know, audience. Like we do. Like we do. Shout out to everyone at university right now. And uh, we do means yes to. Shout out to everyone who's joined the workforce instead of going to university. Shout out to everyone who likes Tim more than me. Massive shout out to everyone who likes me more than Tim. And the biggest shout out of all to people who like us exactly the same as Bro, each other. Bro, we need to drink more wine because we're not done yet. Oh, no, don't do that. Don't do it like that. This is very bad for your day. You're going to vomit, I think. Unlikely. Uh, <laughs> I definitely... I'll put money on it. Nah, dude. It's above 50%. Nah, dude. $20. Hey, dude. I'll give you 20 NZD if you don't vomit today. Great. We've just shook on it, everyone. Easiest $20 I've made in my life. He's downed... Because this, this is how guy's consuming the wine. Chatter, 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 chatter. Ignore that I'm holding a glass of red and then fucking just sink the entire thing in a gulp. It wasn't like that initially. It's this whole gross. thing went poisonous in the last 45 minutes for me. It's not been good, though. None of it. Cause it oh, fuck. What have we got? Oh, we're going to make it. Just... Well, when they toast, we toast. When they drink, we drink. We're drinking to Samantha's 50th birthday. This is the worst director's commentary we've ever recorded. That's right. And once we watched Sex and City 2 twice consecutively. Fuck! Wait, what? Shout out to us for making this worse than our five-hour energy. What the fuck? I completely forgot about that. Every season we're supposed to like add another watch. No, do not look at your watch. Well, I don't know. What do you got on? I can't. Technically, what have you got on? I've got a six o'clock. I mean, like, what's on at six? No, because you'll dismiss it. What is it? I'm working on my show with the great. No, Alice. that's fair. No, that's with fucking the great. Fair. Alice Snead. That's absolutely fair. Do you need to do prep for that to get into it? I have to not drink two more bottles of red wine. I'm not suggesting that. I'm actually suggesting we sober up live on air. Oh my fuck. I hate you. No, 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 no. 
What's the time? No. It's three. I'm sick. It's, th- it's not even three. It's just gone three. I'm sick at the idea of It'll it. bring you to 5.20. you got a crisp 40 minutes. No, 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 no. I'll just shunt the slider back. We'll no. be all good. No. We'll be all good. No. It's not our, it's not <laughs> no. our, it's not our best work. And also, in addition, you know... There's the fact that um, I forgot we're that we're going to drink this wine real fast oh, shit, for the credits wrong. roll. All right, shit. Fuck me. We just made it. Hey. Oh, oh, that was awful. That was, oh, we're done. We're good. We're good. We're good. What a journey we've all been on, all of us together. Um, so here's what's going to happen now. No. Movie's gonna start again. <laughs> and if you're listening at home, I don't know how to time this actually because we've the recording got a bit fucked up. But uh, no, we're going back to zero now. No, we just have a good rhythm together. You know, like he sort of feels me out, I feel him out, and uh, we go for it. 